I'll let you begin. <laughs> I, I was going to say, it's, it's, I'm just super excited to talk to you. I'm not, I don't, we don't do like a standard kind of interview format or anything. We just kind of hang out and talk. So it's like whatever comes up. And, um, but uh, it's really exciting to talk to you because I, you're the first person that I've ever spoken with who's uh, like made Thai quality amulets, like in, like with using certain methodologies and and using the kind of kind of the logic that's in those systems as well as in is, is it kimbanda you said uh kimbanda a little bit of the kimbanda is mixed in kimbanda. because that's for the most part what i do uh on the personal level pr practice that i got but um <clears throat> it's basically a mixing conjure and other type of like uh magical workings that i do with uh Thai necromancy and Thai sorcery, you know. Um, it started with, uh, I would say, the Patakun side, you know, because I had made friends with this Ajarn uh, called Wit Kong Mon. And uh, he and I were chit-chatting back and forth and sharing pictures of our workings. And uh, we kind of, like, concluded that our similar, I mean, our working was similar when it comes to uh, conjure and uh, using you know, like land spirits uh, or working with land spirits, working with uh, what would be considered a, a deity or an angel or an elevated spirit, you know, kind of like an ancestor uh, or saints. <clears throat> and uh, his way of approaching magic was a little bit different because uh, he wasn't fully necromantic based. Uh, so with that in mind and the inspiration, because it was shortly after this, the pandemic, uh, I kind of like began creating designs for tattoos that were mostly aimed for conjure tattooing but he and I were kind of like chit-chatting as well about tattoos you know like uh and the sakyams and stuff like that and uh he shared a little bit of his knowledge uh, but he started getting busy with his uh his side of things you know and the house that he belongs to because it all comes from a lineage and so uh I kind of like uh wandered off and became friends with Ajara Napichai, you know, and that's kind of <laughs> like where, where my, you know, redirection of uh, Thai sorcery and Thai occultism and my work kind of like took off, you know. <laughs> do you, do you speak Thai? No, I'm actually trying to learn. And mm. uh, it's funny because we have like broken English, broken Thai, you know, like that we go back and forth with. Uh, and cool. Ajara Napichai is also studying English. So it gives him an opportunity to uh, try to understand English a little bit better and practice. That's very, very cool. I I love that. Um, how did you did you did you just like hit him up on WeChat from the card? No, uh, <laughs> honestly, I was curious. You know, like with the other Ajarn, I was trying to like understand Thai sorcerer sorcery a little bit better. Um, and when I was walking with, I mean, talking with Wood Kong Mong, um, he was explaining that he didn't really work with ghosts as much. And uh, when I started, like, you know, like seeing a lot of the work that he had done, like Baphomet stuff, that's pretty much, pretty much what uh, caught my attention. Um, I wonder how he went along and, you know, like fusing a practice or a symbol mm -hmm. or a deity or a spirit or whichever way you want to see it, you know, like along with his Thai sorcery. So I got curious and I friended him on Facebook and uh, the idea was to hit him up and 
for a while I was like, no, I don't think that he's gonna he's gonna answer or anything like that, you know. And so just one night I just messaged him. I was like, hey, you know, like we've been friending here for quite a few days. Uh, and I wanted to approach you and talk about the Baphomet, you know, uh, amulet that you got, <clears throat> and try to understand, you know, like your vision and your approach and see on ways that I could, you know, like work with it if I desire to pursue that amulet. And uh, he just started talking to me out of nowhere. And, you know, like, so I was like, okay, well, he's pretty, pretty cool. You know, like he reached out back, you know, and uh, <laughs> I started explaining that, you know, like I can see Baphomet in the traditional way, you know, like what is a readily available, but because of my ties with Kimbanda, I see Baphomet in a, in a little bit of a different shade as well. So my mind began formulating more questions to try to understand his approach as he is more of a necromancer uh, than anything. Um, and so kind of like our friendship took off from there. You know, like, uh, he began explaining uh, ways of trying to like get into the Thai sorcery practice in a way that is paired with your astrology. <clears throat> and he lets you know what type of magic would work best uh, in the way that we would see it, I guess, would be like the left-hand path versus the right-hand path, you know, mm -hmm. uh, just to have an idea of how to, you know, like explain this. So <clears throat> with my astrology, it falls with uh, a lot of like the dead and things that are above and below. So uh, kind of like reflects back onto the practices that I do, you know, because, you know, if you see Kimbanda, Kimbanda is a little bit of a, <clears throat> a hot practice. And uh, in the conjure, conjure is, is, light but not so light as well you know like there are saints and there are other spirits that can help you you know like bring justice so to speak which is a little bit of a darker uh shade but also you know like it's got like the traditional conjure you know like the use of the bible <clears throat> the use of psalms you know uh things that are very rooted in the biblical uh side of things so um yeah, that's kind of like uh, my intro, you know, like mm. to the way that I work and arrange things now. That's amazing. It's so cool to hear that he's so approachable um, because uh, th that seems to be the general consensus is he's just so willing to help and um, like really eager mm -hmm. to teach people who are serious to learn. Um, and and yeah. I, I get this feeling like um, I have several of his amulets that are near and dear to me like the the teacher amulets the one that i like i swap that i wear that one sometimes some days and other days i wear um bling porpina um mm. mm -hmm. and i swap back and forth but he uh he, i get the feeling using his amulets and like kind of through how you kind of get a connection to the ajar and through their magic in a way um like you get impressions and he just feels like um someone very pure who came back to help people through the trouble that's coming during these times. Like, yeah, we have a lot of gaps, a lot of shit we're missing in the West. Like, cause we lost like, um, especially the European descent, like lost a lot of knowledge and a lot of, well, like the main religion isn't really rooted in animism unless it's a diasporic version of it. Uh, so <laughs> that, that makes a big difference. And that's, that's like, um, studying the Thai cult's been huge for my practice because I, I like, I just kind of grab at whatever I feel like is in a current that kind of belongs to me, like being raised in Christianity, it mm -hmm. kind of opens up a lot in that current, 
but I try to found like make that all in the foundation of animism. So like discovering Taya cult was this revelation where you're like, like I'm seeing how the religion playing into um, making the magic more benefic and how it all works together is just like, it makes me vision envision the possible future of the West and like what Christianity could look like one day potentially. Um, mm -hmm. But I get this feeling from Ajarn Apicha that he's, he's here to like, he came back on like a mission to like help people that are serious fill in those gaps. And it's, it's cool. It's so cool to talk to you and hear this firsthand, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> I, you know, like, like I said, I was very skeptic on how this was going to turn out. I had like no, um, I guess no illusions. I just kind of like went on and just hit him, hit him up. And since then, you know, like, we have a couple of projects that are still in the works that I haven't really like mentioned so much out there um, that are still kind of like blending conjure, but at, at the same time, you know, like we also have something else that is blending more of the Kimanda stuff with the Thai sorcery. Mm. Um, and uh, on the regular, you know, like we are always, you know, like talking about either sorcery themes or just like, almost everyday stuff that we're into <laughs> you know like he's, <laughs> he's really into shooting lately so <laughs> he's been sharing a lot of information about the stuff that he's been into and you know like i've been working a lot at the temple in new york so i've been sharing a little bit of what i've do i've done lately up there you know like that involves our projects and uh <clears throat> it's just been uh an interesting way of seeing things because you know like uh my idea of Thai sorcery before approaching him, you know, like was very, very different, you know, like, and now I have even arranged my own personal practice uh, to kind of like separate things. But at the same time, you know, like I almost have like a daily routine where I go into meditation because that's something that I've learned from him is, you know, meditating is one of the major things that you should uh, get into your daily uh, practice so that you can get, you know, like uh, not only to get to know yourself a little bit better but also like open up your mind a little bit better so that you can commune with the amulets that you have received you know that belong to him or other ajarns um but also like i've gotten to the point where uh i involve you know like conjurations that i have learned from you know like the christian side just to honor my ancestors you know the ancestors themselves uh the kata that i know for conjuring the uh, the blessing of the master which would be him and his lineage and uh, mm. also involving the main spirit that is within my shrine which would be at this point is Baphomet so mm. that I can show um let's see if I can flip this around yep I know this oh, can wow. be seen in the video but this is my work in Alco thank you so much uh and yeah my main... my altars all feel half-assed now oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I have layered it in a way that, you know, like my ancestors are included on the side. Uh, and mm -hmm. They're always in the practice, but also, you know, like I have the main spirit, which will be Baphomet, a couple of saints that I, I have, you know, uh, an association through uh, the practices that I, I have, you know, in Kimbanda and uh, Conjure through Mama Star. And of course, Brangang is <laughs> one of the first spirits that, that came into the, you know, the tryout of the practice, I guess. Mm. But wow. yeah, you know, like I have kind of like arranged things in a way that I I can like honor both, you know, like the Buddhist side and the ancestors of the uh, 
the Thai uh, background along with uh, the conjure ones, you know, like, and of course they have, you know, like uh, lineage from Maya descent. So I also kind of like involve my pre-Hispanic uh, roots into the practice as well. So I'm trying to like making sure that everything flows in a way <laughs> that nobody feels forgetting and that nobody's just kind of like, oh, you're paying attention more to this than that, than that, you know, like in me, what, what's going on? <laughs> then your readings are not so clear, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's really tricky. Like, it's so inspiring to see because it's like, this is where I know, like I have a pin in the map where I'm trying to get to, where it's essentially that, where it's all encompassed and they all get along. But at this point, it's still like a a Buddhist altar, uh, like a Buddha altar, and then a pry altar, and then across from that, we have Saint Cyprian facing east, mm -hmm. and then <laughs> ancestors on the north wall. Like so, <laughs> got this whole thing going, and they're they're all getting along, and slowly but surely, as I'm doing work, uh, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, you're actually wanting to be involved, even though this is the Christian side of things, and like the way that things are kind of uh, flowing, like just following it and listening. And, mm -hmm. um, but it's really interesting. I think what wants to happen is I think the pry altar, I think St. Cyprian wants his altar to be like above the pry altar. So yeah, he, it's really interesting. He's like, I want to be with the dead, but I don't, but I'm, I'm above. Like, <laughs> it's, it's really, uh, really cool to see how you've, uh, you've managed to make that all flow and work in a way. It's thank you. Yeah. Inspiring. I, I also know, have a uh-huh I just I know a lot of people I know like uh quite a few of the listeners to the show are also like cross practice people who have come into like uh the world of of Thai cult in recent mm -hmm. months and, and years so it's yeah it's really cool yeah 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 you mentioned San Cyprian I also have you know like a couple of uh things with San Cyprian and it's funny enough when I was uh arranging my altar you know like i asked him do you want to be here you know like is everybody okay with super being in here and i got a strong no <laughs> like i want my i want my stuff separate you know like you have dealt with me in a different manner i want nothing to do with those things you know <laughs> it is i am i'm assuming is because you know like the baffle man statue that i have in there you know like has been fully loaded and you're like been a uh, approaching the the practice through the Baphomet, you know, like, and, you know, like, just kind of, like, paving it. So I'm assuming that the leaderships would clash, which is what came down to, you know, mm. on who's the one that is the loudest in the altar, mm. um, my working altar. Um, so therefore, it's why Cyprian is separate. Plus, he's got more of the Kimbanda stuff more than anything. You know, like, I didn't really approach him on a fully conjure. Uh, hoodoo uh, base, you know, like because of my stuff with Kimbanda, I also did things that are Kimbanda rooted, mm. <laughs> which is why I'm assuming, you know, like went that direction. But yeah, I'm curious to to hear and find someone else who does, you know, have uh, a Cyprian very involved into their uh, practice as involved with uh, Thai sorcery as well, because I'm curious to see that. Well, so far, I think he's just really excited to be, uh, for his, my practice with him to be picking mm -hmm. up knowledge from the title. So the, mm -hmm. there's a, there's a lot of similarities, right? But there's stuff where I'm trying to extrapolate, like, what would my version of it be? Because I don't have a right to step into this and just start using shit 
or making shit exactly. up. But um, like we have the elements and we have something that, that blew my mind was, <laughs> um, I probably shouldn't share this on the podcast because I want to put it in a book, but we don't have that many listeners. Um, <laughs> uh, so a, like a couple of years ago, St. Cyprian kind of told me to start saying Maranatha as an as a mantra. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, okay. And I kind of forgot and never did it. And then um, I get into the Thai cult. I read Jenks's books. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, hold on. Ma is earth. Ra. Ra and Pa are close enough to be fire. Na is water and Ta is air. So St. Cyprian gave me, in the language that Jesus spoke, the elements that also means Lord has come. So you have the invocation of the, the divinity built in, like, you know, Namo Putaya, where it's the yeah. elements, but it's also the five Buddhas. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's fascinating. Like, he gave me that two years ago before I'd heard of it, read, read any of this, learned anything about Taikol. And then I'm trying to come up with, like, what would my kata be for the elements in my context? And I'm like, well, I'll be it. <laughs> I've had it for two fucking years, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's, I'm, <clears throat> I'm coming to understand that that's kind of, like, where, why uh, Ajaran Apichai was very into, like, you need to meditate a little bit more. And, like, he wouldn't push it, push it, but he would say that I needed to meditate. Ah. Because he says, you know, like, you have you have a you have the ability to hear and to listen but you don't trust it you know which is something that i heard from other uh teachers as well you know like you're you're hearing but you don't fully trust it you know and so he was explaining to me that by meditating on the daily um you're able to discern and come to the question of like well is this me or is this uh spiritual guidance and over time, that should be able to be a little bit more clear and stuff like that. I've had had, you know, like things where like I've heard things and I'm like, that's probably my imagination. But lately, I've been more of like, uh, no, you know, <laughs> that is not my imagination. You should look at it. And then uh, a couple of days later, something happens and I'm like, aha, that wasn't my imagination. That was spirit speaking. Yeah, I, I feel you so much because uh, it's been essentially su- silencing the mind so that I learned to trust like mm-hmm. when something pops in, I know that it wasn't from the inside, you know, and you're like, ah, okay. Like if you, if you have a still mind, you know, exactly you can feel where it's coming from rather than just having it be part of the cloud of thoughts. And that mm-hmm. was the missing piece for me. Like now that I get that and I, and I have that to like strive towards, um, it's really, it really cleared up so many roadblocks um, to, to be able to learn to trust that intuition and to trust like what you hear um yeah that's everything now when you when you say the meditate are you doing um is it a mix of different types or is it straight up uh chanting kata or is it um my daily routine for the most part is uh balancing the elements within me um but also clearing the mind unless uh i'm headed to like divination or trying to connect with the spirit <clears throat> then I open my mind to see what images, you know, come to mind. 
based on that, I take it to meditate, I mean, to a divination so that I can confirm uh, if what I have in mind and what I'm, you know, discerning through the visualization is what the spirit is trying to say, mm. or, you know, like if there was something from another spirit that, you know, like that is coming through. <clears throat> so like I, for example, uh, practice uh, bone casting. So sometimes, you know, like I think to, to that, to divine if the visions that I have are, you know, like a next project coming up or is this, you know, like a message or something that I should keep in mind? Or if it's anything at all, you know, sometimes it's just nothing. And like, it's just things that happen, you know, through the meditation. You know, like, should I pay attention to this? No? Okay. All right. So it's just things that happen during meditation, you know, because I've had that as well. I've had where, like, <clears throat> it's different flashes of things, um, images that happen uh, or scenes that happen. And then uh, I would have, like, a really weird visual visual of like the room that I'm in but arranged in a different manner you know like the shrine's still there but it, there's lights in, in a different way or like mm -hmm. a couple of candles that I haven't lit you know and then it will go away and I'm like all right is this you know like a peek to what's going on going on on your side of things and I'm like and if they say yes and I'm like, okay so that was that was that you know, like that was vision that was insight mm -hmm. um because <clears throat> I've had things like that before, you know, like, and I just, I just wonder, you know, like I never actually like connected. They're like, oh, I should divide on it and see what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do a lot of experimenting uh, for sure. You know, um, there's things that kind of like I wonder about and I'm like, well, you know, let's see what happens in divination. Let's hmm. see what, what it says, you know, like, and if, if my divinations are inconclusive, you know, on, on bones i know that i can take it to something else you know and see if that spirit is even more helpful or you know or a priest, you know somebody that i know uh, i like confirm. that that's Why really not? important the difference between like the divination to confirm the vision or to confirm the intuition and then the divination that's exploratory like i think that's mm -hmm. yeah that's really good to have those different modalities and be aware of that yeah <laughs> um but i was trying to explain like even to my partner you know like there is meditation for focus and then there is you know like which is you want to clear your mind and have nothing come and interrupt you and then there's the meditation to want to open up your mind so mm -hmm. that you can work so learning the difference between those two you know is very important because you know like you could say here all day long i'm meditating i'm meditating and your goal might be to focus but you're seeing images of things that are coming and you're paying attention to that you're not really doing what you're supposed to be doing you're not mm -hmm. clearly thinking you know uh well, this is what I went into with with this mindset you know, like and these things happen okay you know like that's clutter that's not really the goal of it so I need to practice you know and then focus on that on on the, the lack of focus you know like and trying to clear your mind it's kind of like so, masculine feminine mode you know like the the more active or the the more receptive. yeah um yeah that's funny too, because it, it mirrors like you have the Baphomet and my pry altar is like like Kali is the his his master Kali version is the the queen of the pry altar over here. So <laughs> Yeah, that was that was the other thing that I, I kind of like wanted to touch on, you know, like my approach to Baphomet. Baphomet has been a thing that <clears throat> I uh I saw it as a kid, of course, you know, it was demonized because I was raised up Christian, you know, and everything around me in Central America was Christianized and anything that wasn't Christian was demon, 
you know <laughs> the devil you know <laughs> same for me same for me so uh when i came to like see it further you know like and reading to Bafome and then talking to Apichai and then seeing my approach to things and the way that I look at things, you know, like, yeah, I think that it pushes you to open both sides, you know, the male and the feminine and be able to work with both, you know, like, and it's kind of like completing a circle in a way, you know, the way that I approach things. Um, because as the image suggests, you know, you're pointing up and down, you know, um, you're trying to connect into two points as well to make one whole. Hmm. Uh, and the way that I approach magic uh, or sorcery in my workings, you know, like if it's with that in that in mind to be able to help many people and stuff like that, you know, like I have to embrace both sides, you know, and become one whole thing, you know, and that will be almost very hermaphrodite-like, you know, and baphomet in this image, you know, it, it it looks as an hermaphrodite, you know, it likes that. So I think that uh, seeing what you are called to, you know, like what spirit is is, is attracting you also should kind of like uh, give you an idea of your personal things, you know, like and your personal uh, connections to what is it that is calling you, you know, like and what further it, you know, like, explains about you you know like what further it it provides knowledge about yourself and your connection to this being and where that's going to lead to and possibilities you know yeah yeah i've i think the like the follow follow the inner magnet and follow like what you're drawn to because those are those are the ones that have the biggest medicine for you typically for sure i feel i'm rambling but <laughs> No, not at all. This is this is great. <laughs> that's, that's what this show is for. Is just... it really is like like pretty much the the idea is typically we we ask people to come on and they they can pick a movie they have something to say about because everyone has like a movie or a comic book or something that they're like just like oh I just want to tell the world how much I see in this thing you know and and <laughs> in this case it was like should we even do a movie I feel like we're just gonna talk about like magic the whole time but. <laughs> But then, then <laughs> the movie you picked like ties into all of it. Perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you get a chance to watch it? Yeah. Yeah. I just finished it like right before because uh, we did we did it uh, spontaneously with a friend of ours. We did another podcast yesterday. We recorded one on um, on uh, I almost said Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> you did it again. Yeah. On Roadhouse. 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 <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, yeah, close. <laughs> But yeah, so so it's like uh, yeah, I pretty much slept in and woke up and watched it, and holy shit, yeah, that was insane. Uh, yeah. Every time I thought I knew what, like, I kind of had a feel for this movie or like knew it was gonna happen, it was just like, fuck you, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love movies that are kind of like keep you guessing you know and of course my first pick was the whaling but you know <laughs> funny enough we had just been you know like on the podcast which was like all right you know i'm not even mad about it you know like it's a great movie <laughs> it had me guessing all the way till the end and in the end i was just like oh yes this is awesome <laughs> it was like we could just do another episode on the whaling <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but no, Art of the Devil, Art of the Devil Two. That's uh, which, when I first watched it, huh? Which beautifully has nothing to do with the first one. They just named it two because the name was already taken. I think. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. You know, like the first one is completely different. It's still kind of like in occult sorcery and stuff like that but it's a whole different story the second one the third the third and the fourth are kind of like its own story oh. but um yeah when i first watched it i had i had no idea i was actually modeling it was like years 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 ago i had no clue about the magical world you know like i had had things happen in my home country from neighbors and stuff like that but I had not engaged directly into sorcery, no. Mm. Um, and I have came across this movie, and I thought it was crazy because he had me like watching the whole thing and, and trying to guess what the hell was going on. I was like, "Holy shit, this is actually brujeria," you know? Because I was like saying it in all Spanish, like, "Ah, brujeria." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as the years went by, you know, like, and then I got into conjure. Uh, through the teachings of Mama Star, I was like, wait a minute. That was that was a type of sorcery. Let me go back and watch it. You know, so I watched it and you know, like I still had no clue about, you know, Thai sorcery. And years, years later, uh, I watched it again, you know, and I had I already had a prank gang and I was just like, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. I want to <laughs> see if there's even more movies that are similar to this, you know. Because it made you wonder, you know, like, uh, like, how is this, you know, like, because it's so close related to the things that I've seen in my culture, you know, in, in El Salvador, you know, like, uh, somebody being sick with a curse, you know, like, take it to a sobadora or a curandero, and they pull whatever was bad from this person in weird ways, you know, like, through an egg, and sometimes, you know, like, through nails, like, physical nails, you know, things that I've, that I've heard, you know, through the neighbors. Uh, stories and stuff and I was like I'm seeing it over here but you know like so Thai Thai stuff you know like Thai culture have their own thing you know that is similar to this so like it made me wonder it made me even more curious um I had still yet to understand what the Prangang really was you know like I just had one and and I just felt so attracted to it I just didn't know why but you know like, I felt attracted to my first Prangang and then much later I came up to the conclusion that it was the duendes, you know, the goblins and stuff like that, a type of goblin you know, from the mountains. And I was like, oh, man, I'm familiar with the goblins from my home country. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so seeing the connections and similarities, you know, like, uh, in, in that movie, you know, like, kind of, like, put the gears into motion to want to seek out, you know, like, and see what I could find uh, in the Thai culture and came across uh, Peter Jenks' stuff. I think that pretty much everybody comes across his stuff. Mm. And, you know, like, uh, I got an amulet through him years back. And uh, I want to say I still have him. You know, it's it's a second Prangang. <clears throat> but I carried him kind of like everywhere with me. Mm. And uh, I kept seeing the Baphomet stuff that was being advertised at the time. I think it was just about to come. And that's what my curiosity about Ajaranati Chai and his working you know, like began. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Art of the Devil. Crazy movie. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't worry about spoilers or anything, like because uh, we don't believe in them. Like <laughs> but, uh, but in this one, like 
yeah it it's got a lot of twists and turns but it's it's just so cool how it like i love how it kind of gives you this nice little buddhist lesson and it's like just kidding no one's fucking innocent like, <laughs> uh-huh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah it could be it could be called just uh just say no to love spells i think is also another option <laughs> name for this uh, the, I, the the other thing i learned is that like man if i just want to shortcut everything i just need to eat an a jarn sandwich i think and then i'll uh... <laughs> a jarn on rye. yeah <laughs> yeah the topic of cannibalism you know like that was it was definitely a mind-blowing movie just because yeah. it took everything that is kind of like taboo for a lot of people and it's like here just have this eat it you know? <laughs> <laughs> literally dinner uh yeah that i i felt like when we were, when we were watching the the way that she's eating like the idea of eating someone you kill and gaining their power in conjunction with the metaphysics i've learned about pry makes mm-hmm. so much more sense because like with the idea of meditating in a graveyard uh with violent spirits and mm-hmm. you you know they get to the point where they're they're so stable that the spirits start to move with them and kind of become like um, companions to their consciousness. And like, so the idea of someone who's murdered someone and their adrenaline and their focus is that intense. And like right then, that's when they can see it. It all clicked for me. I was like, oh, oh God. But uh, I almost did. I I think I've never I've never felt so close to puking from a movie before, as when <laughs> as when they realized that their friend was like in their bellies, like that. Uh, something because he knew it was also a curse. I think if it was just accidental cannibalism, it wouldn't have got me. But the idea of like, no, now I'm fucked. You know, um, that that's well. Yeah. The idea of accidental yeah. cannibalism is also pretty funny. Like, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I hate a person. Oh, I tripped and barbecued. <laughs> I slipped and yeah. fell on a person's sandwich. Because uh, I watched it. I rewatched it just before the show, you know, a couple of days back with my partner. And... uh she was just like, this movie is just so crazy. And I was just like, yeah, but do you see the uh, the main spell that is being used by her throughout the movie? You know, like, she's making you fall into illusions. She's using glamour. You know, mm-hmm. like, in glamour in a way that, that you would, wouldn't even think, you know, like, because it's so twisted. You know, yeah. uh, you don't even see it. You know, like, she's, she just got done, you know, like, killing that one chick and she's just watching like nonchalant you know like and the fucking food is being cooked and everybody's like oh my god it smells so good you know like, <laughs> like oh yeah smell it if you want it just you can have the whole pot you know? <laughs> <laughs> but you know like the the blindfold is not fully lifted onto when she really wants it to be lifted you know like those uh everything is kind of like set up so perfect in in, in a way that they think they have a safe space, safe space, you know, like in that little shrine room. And that shrine room, shrine room is been like so messed up for many years already. It seems <laughs> <laughs> like it gives you the illusion and the fantasy that you have safety, but you're not. You're definitely trapped. Yeah, that was really chilling. Like finding a shrine and being like, "Oh, we can just pray here." 
and it's like this is a trap like this is this is the x on the ground <laughs> yeah there was uh this is like a story from many many years back in my home country you know like uh my neighbor there were rumors that she was a witch and stuff like that but in reality she worked with some dude and uh long story made short after i left you know and i was already in texas living in texas for a couple of years uh somebody shared the news that there was kind of like a a landslide in the area that i live <clears throat> and it took her house down and she died in it you know like and everything the only thing that was standing from her home was a shrine and uh it was a shrine to san simon you know like so obviously that even nailed even further the rumor that yeah she said she was a witch you know she did something that <laughs> You know, that, that she obviously didn't come through with and blah, 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 blah. But what I had seen growing up was this young man, because he was much older than him. You know, this young man, he was definitely a businessman, definitely did not belong in the area that I lived. And uh, he fell in love with her. Mm -hmm. And he tried to leave her. And out of nowhere, you know, like he came back. <clears throat> and he became uh, a guy on the streets, basically. And, like he started losing his shit. He fell into drugs, and uh, the change was complete, you know. And that was one of the things that it reminds me of, you know, like the the glamour, because you know, like this woman was not pretty at all, but this guy fell in love with her, <clears throat> and the rumors were very, very heavy around that time. You know, like that she was very heavy into into witchcraft and stuff like that. So when I was watching this movie recently, like it reminded me of her and the Elsa, and I was just like, maybe she did have a glam, a glam you know, yeah. type of work on a spell on her. Hmm. Yeah, wow, that's cr that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, in the in the movie, it's like the 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 woman is. I don't know. I look at I look at her and I'm like, she's too pretty to be good. She's definitely evil. There's something going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, she. Uh, yeah, there's so many. The other thing that I think is crazy is that um, what I would have never thought about is like actually using a corpse as a poppet. Uh -huh. Right, like that's a that's a whole other level of fucked up that like I couldn't. Even... And having them pickled around. Yeah, <laughs> and, and just the the idea that that's one a one to one like an entire human soul yeah, died cool. violently dedicated to you. You, yeah. Like that's, yeah. Oh, that's a lot. I don't think you can. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be able to shake that. It's deep for sure. I mean, like I've done uh, different type of dolls and puppets uh, of different material, but yeah, definitely using a human corpse as that is is very genius and crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Genius and crazy just because I see things in a different manner. <laughs> yeah. I, I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Uh, yeah, that's a lot. Wait, so, um, uh, uh huh. Oh, no. I, I just, uh, I also think it's fascinating, like, because you're talking about poppets, and I know, like, that's a big part of Thai magic, too. Mm -hmm. And the fact that that is sort of this universal thing that's just, 
it speaks to some very older core magical practice that's like at the root of everything it seems yeah i mean you know like uh that's that's one of the things that i find interesting you know like i mean my base knowledge is is hoodooing conjure you know so being able to make dollies out of you know like dirt you know and or cloth and stuff like that you know was interesting to me <clears throat> uh but seeing you know like the european witchcraft you know like and other stuff which also uses different types of dolls like that it, a doll is a doll you know it doesn't yeah. matter what it is you know at the end of the day but uh seeing uh thai sorcery and, and other stuff you know like definitely makes you think you know like on the primal ways of you know like of animism you know even if you know like there was not really fully communication like the way we have it nowadays you know like being in a cave and coming together uh with with a group of people in your tribe and stuff like that to create this ritual and you know like mimic being able to hunt this being so that you can feed the tribe you know like that that touches space to the to the primal you know uh, idea of like uh, i'm going to connect this puppet to the thing that i want to get you know yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean so uh, yeah it's it's definitely something interesting you know like and it's kind of like what made me wonder well you know if you can see the connections of uh the way those two things work then the possibility of working with those two things is there in a manner that you learn from both sides you know and are able to layer them uh in a manner that works uh, mm. together you know mutually <clears throat> Yeah. So, yeah. So it is. It's really interesting how there's. It's kind of just like the the magic that is is seems to show up, uh, very similarly across cultures. Um, mm -hmm. That stuff just seems to be baked into the world. Like it's um, it's a lot of sympathetic magic, like a lot of images, and like this thing represents this thing, and. Uh, essentially it all comes down to telling a, a little story like I think it exactly. a lot of it is just just stories uh, mm -hmm. but then with how much force you make that real um, in a way yeah yeah but I, I think it's so cool that there's stuff like um <clears throat> like the seven specific numbers of different soils uh show up as, <laughs> you know like seven soils uh nine sometimes uh more but like it's that's a pretty specific thing that shows up in cultures that don't have any uh like actual the numerology stuff yeah 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 um yeah it really it really does kind of like make you wonder you know like whenever they were in their ceremonies you know like i mean i i've done taking uh, mushrooms and stuff like that in a ceremonial manner you know i've never really done it in a, in a recreational way you know it's always been uh with the goal in mind so that the answers that i get or the experiences that i get kind of like layer what's going to happen next there's like a couple of oils that have been made during a mushroom trip or sealing the last parts of it mm -hmm. uh, or beginning you know like the the 
the uh, process of an oil making or a powder, stuff like that. Like for instance, uh, uh, Inner Hollow was done during uh, a full moon and uh, I was uh, already like doing the last part of it. I think that I sealed that that oil through the mushroom trip on the mm. on the trip itself. <clears throat> so that was interesting. You know, that was an interesting way of working. You know, like it was definitely guided by a spirit assistant that I have acquired uh, through Whoop and Goat uh, when they were, you know, like I want to say on their beginning years. Mm. Um, and that spirit kind of like helped uh, go through the tunnels of the trip and uh, contact these other beings so that it was sealed. And it also brought other spirits that I have a connection with just to be able to make everything happen. Um, but yeah. Um, sorry, I got kind of lost. Basically, kind of like, kind of for a second, I was just like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's really cool. I've uh, since I've been like a better practitioner, I haven't had much chance to uh, like integrate uh, like plant spirit or entheogens into my practice uh, at much. But I did just finish an angel oil where I got to uh, be in a and I, I had an ally for that, which was really good. Uh, mm. And um, I was like, oh, this is different. This is this is cooking with gas, like. <laughs> um, like especially on the way down once you've kind of worked through some healing stuff and cleared everything out and you're in that crystal clear like crispy space mm -hmm. uh, then it's like you can you can just sort of do the work it's like really easy comparatively I, I felt like it's like this is it just feels so intuitive without all the baggage like because it you, you know forces you to get all the baggage gone first um, yeah or at least I don't. Sometimes I think it's sometimes it's the 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 spirit of the the helper, uh, the the plant spirit or the the mushroom. But sometimes it's you know your ancestors and your helpers, and sometimes it's like a you can't tell who's who and and who's actually helping, and you just have to kind of like go along for the ride. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is what I was getting at with that story. Uh, cool. In a much later trip, you know, like I came about doing also another painting which led to the next uh amulet which was the magos you know you had asked me about the magos before you know like so that's very like goblin and fair based mm -hmm. but also mixes you know uh thai sorcery this has no human remain so it's more of a patakun style as well you know it has the land from here of connecticut uh and land from uh the mountains of thailand <clears throat> and it was so such an odd thing because I was also, you know, like trying to understand the way that uh, land spirits are seen. Uh, I would say through different ajarns because you know, like when I talked to ajarn Wutkongmon, uh, he explained about the certain land spirits being kind of like angels and you know like the idea of angels and elevated spirits are kind of like similar uh of uh elevating a, a dead uh so it was it was interesting to uh to try to talk to him and say you know like well, well what about 
the ones that have like uh, human remains, you know, like, or that are of a darker, you know, like aspect, you know, like I would say like the red cap, you know, stuff like that and see if they even have anything like it. And he mentioned other things, you know, like uh, other type of goblin-like creatures that eat frogs and, you know, uh, uh, I would say like chickens and roosters and stuff like that. But they don't see them as like a red cap, you know, like instead have kind of like red eyes and they're very, very dark. Uh, they're very amphibian-like. Uh, it's just kind of like interesting to see and think about, you know, like the connections of those because that's a different type of subject, you know, like going back to the talk of like how puppets are similar, you know, like the goblin or the spirits that are like in the nature for the Thai sorcery are a little bit different, you know, like that one is, is a little bit, uh, I would say, complicated in the, in the sense that you have to kind of like really pay attention to what you're you're dealing with because you don't necessarily know even in the uh, the goblin knowledge out there, you know, like this, the information is a little bit, uh, I want to say, not readily available. Um, I'm not really sure, you know, do you know much about them, you know, about goblins, goblin fairy stuff? I know almost nothing about Kimbunda or goblins. Uh, so, I'm, yeah, I'm fascinated. And uh, well, the goblin has been more like of a personal uh, practice, you know, like, and that's kind of like where the mushrooms, you know, like are involved, you know, like, because uh, mm. I always have the goblin, you know, like involved with it, you know, like just so that he can be the spirit guide, you know, that, that make sure that everything is, is going well and that the questions that are going in with are answered. So a goblin um, is sort of an, in, an intercessor or a, a helping spirit? And... It's a helping spirit for sure. But, you know, like uh, the the amulets that I made for like uh, working with the Fae kind of like touches the opportunity of being able to expand to those other uh, goblin-like spirits from the, the Thai uh, land. It's just the only thing is, you know, like it's 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 something that I haven't really like fully explored all the way just because of the knowledge again, you know, like the lack of knowledge on on the Fae for Thai sorcery, you know, like and, and still trying to like understand it, you know, like but somebody that works with goblins and fae definitely will be able to, to work with those, you know, or land spirits in general. Very cool. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> Land spirits, the, the, the available um, information or guidance for, like, European descent, American, Christian-raised white boy. Like, there's not a whole lot of land spirit stuff just trickling down the ancestral lines for us. Um, like, there is, if you get in touch with your ancestors, you elevate them and you get them whispering in your ear to, you know, help you with your intuition when it comes to that stuff. So you know what questions to ask, to divine on, and, like, where to set up that cairn on the on the property or whatever. But, like, right. but it's, uh, like, I, I've I've had a land spirit practice for several years, but it it's, um, it's pretty generic. Like, it's just, I just start it and then feel it out like anywhere I've lived it's like I just kind of do something and then if it doesn't feel quite right I go see like what what would you rather me do and just kind of go from there um like right now it's mm -hmm. just it's just uh, I think it's pretty safe to just like kind of find the spot that feels like it wants it and put some rocks there and leave offerings every full moon but like the types of offerings and such uh are yeah but getting more specific with it that's stuff that I don't have. 
you know, I don't have fucking context for that. Um, yeah, uh, the goblin stuff is, is, you know, like, I guess it becomes like a cultural thing, you know, like if you, if there's like no knowledge, just whenever I, I acquired the one that I have, you know, like, it kind of like pointed me back to my my culture, you know, mm-hmm. and to look at, at what I have. And I had also talked to a couple of my friends, you know, who were practitioners and they had mentioned, well, maybe, you know, you're Salvadorian, maybe you should look into your roots. And I was like, oh, you know, something that had crossed my mind before, you know. And, and so it started making me think of like mythological uh, creatures that are in my country and, you know, like stories and stuff like that, like legends, legendas urbanas. And um, I started thinking of Cipitio. Uh, Cipitio is, uh, is a mythological being from my home country. And the description of him is that of a child. It's like, uh, he looks like a child. He got a big old belly, but his feet are bark, bark, I mean, pointed backwards. And uh, he has a big old hat and uh, he lives by the river. So if there is like, cute woman that coming down to the river to wash their clothing, you know, like this is like back in the day. Um, and he would see them, you know, he will fall in love with them and then he will basically uh, follow them all the way home and try to like throw little bubbles at, at, at her, you know, like in, in the hopes to try to like catch her attention. The thing is that it becomes kind of like a, a hunting, you know, because now this spirit is lingering on you and you have to do dirty things in order to get rid of it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, wow, you know, like this is very interesting. And I was looking at the, the government that I have and uh, the feeling uh, and the looks that it has, you know, like it reminds me of that of an old man that, that lives, you know, like in the woods and it's very, very small. He's like very, very like pointy. Uh, weird looking nose but his eyes are very very like shiny and almost watery you know oh. uh, so oh, it kind of like enchants me enchants enchants my head to like want to look even further but you know like in trips of course I have seen very weird deformed things which kind of like reflect back to that cultural description of what a CPTO slash goblin would look like mm. wow yeah. when you when you said when you described him, I was like, oh, that's what that guy I met. He was something like that. Like, there was this <laughs> one time, like, um, I think I'd smoked some weed. And I'd, like, just out of nowhere, <laughs> just out of nowhere went into um, clear as day in, in my mind seeing this this little guy who was, like, mm-hmm. clearly, he, he wasn't very gnarled or anything. He didn't look like troll like or anything but he had the eyes were like fractalated to where they they almost were like somehow bigger than his head um Mm -hmm. and shiny and they just like felt like you would fall in them um but he just like said hi i i should i should journey back and say hi to him at some point i know i have some some strange ancestral stuff going on with um what (laughs) what they prefer to be called elves uh but Mm -hmm. to me they feel like not like you would think of they're more like sniggering little underground like pranksters um yes definitely and they definitely are some kind of ancestrally related to me uh for better or for worse but um yeah that's that's really cool I'm, I'm just i love 
I love the idea of working with land spirits more, but it's it is a it is a scary thing when you don't know, like when you're just feeling around in the dark because they're uh, they're big and old and foreign, and uh, it's very other, you know. Um, exactly. But I've I've had I had an experience where one, like they recently where they they cut down they were doing like yearly trimming in in our like I live in Denmark and. Um, so really I should be looking into like trolls, elves, Nisa, um, things like that, that, that live here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, they cut down a tree that they shouldn't have, like mm -hmm. the people that trimmed out behind our, our house. And it's just this walking path in the village, um, but like that spirit basically like busted down our door. Like I had this deja vu that I, I followed it. Cause I was like, sometimes deja vu is like you rem I'm remembering a dream, you know? Um, so if I trace it back, but this time it went through the room I was sitting in and like to the front door where the spirit was trying to bust down the door and making it feel like we were being invaded. And, um, and it was like, once it clicked that it, that was how it felt and it just needed someone to know how it felt uh like i it came through me and i felt its pain channel through me and i just cried and then once it had been like it wasn't alone in its suffering anymore um then it was fine and like our we have like a better relationship now because of it but it was it was just fascinating that this uh this big old ancient being that felt like nothing I've ever encountered before, just so immense. Like it just needed to be like seen. It just needed someone to hold space for it. And that like, that really hit me how, um, it's like maybe, maybe I need to have a more of an open mind with this land spirit stuff because it seems some of them are a lot more relatable than I would originally have thought. Yeah, um, especially in the area that you live, you know, like, there is such thing as lingering spirits, you know, like lingering land spirits as well, uh, things that come around and, you know, like pass by, but also see if you pay attention to them, and if you do, you know, like, they're like, oh, well, I'm going to linger here a little bit longer, you know, because now you have paid attention and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, definitely, uh, it could be it could be definitely an opportunity to uh, to tap into into that and 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 build up a relationship through that spirit and, and see what other possibilities it opens the roads to, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, working with those with that area that you got definitely interesting. I'm curious to hear about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I live on the mainland too, so uh, we're. We're a stone's throw from the island where uh, Odinza is, and Odinza is, it means Odin's sanctuary, and it's where the last king of Denmark was killed by his own people, and now he's, like, the patron saint of Denmark, and it was said that he was a an incarnation of Odin, mm -hmm. so there's this really interesting, like, the last king of Denmark was, or the last Viking king of Denmark was killed by his own people, he was said to be Odin, and he was killed by his own people, and then Christianity rose. And then Saint Canuta, 
uh, became like he was canonized as a saint. So there's this really weird stuff that, ha and it's the same town where um, Hans Christian Andersen was born. So there's all this deep fairy stuff. Like he wrote The Little Mermaid and basically every fairy tale you have heard of that you don't realize it was him. Um, it's crazy. So yeah, there's there's deep fairy stuff going on here. It's just a, uh, I don't actually have blood relatives, like blood history here. So um, there's also that like approaching slowly because I'm not, um, not a native. Actually, you know, my my Gaulish ancestors may have invaded this land at times. So, <laughs> well, there there uh, there might be an advantage to that in some ways because because um, there's like there's like that idea of like the familiarity makes things like just drift into the background. So, since you're a foreigner, foreigner, you have like you can you can be aware of this stuff in a way that mm -hmm. most people that live there probably wouldn't because it's just it's like you it's like if you if you want to lose interest in like a, a picture or a photograph you put it on your wall and then like you it just like disappears after a while because it just goes turns into the background and then you manifest it in your life <laughs> it's uh what's well, a loop because it's already manifested no um the you know it also Beautiful. makes me i because i've heard you talk about that story before but i uh it makes me think because there's definitely part of being a human is expressing these things that those spirits can't like the tree a tree can't cry it can't really mourn the way a person can and so that's that's one of our that's one of the things we bring to this larger web of things and it makes you wonder like how much pain and suffering is just stuck in the world because we're too dense to know that we're supposed to express it uh like we're we are like release valves for for trauma in the world yeah in a way that's part of the human function yeah if, if we are uh homo ritualis as uh as a, i think gordon said that like if, if that if our if our thing is doing ritual and ceremony and we're slacking on all of that, then there's all these like unresolved pent up things at the the larger aspect of the world that's not that's not getting expressed and it's just stuck. Yeah. I don't know. I stuck in the plan in the planning phase, probably. <laughs> mm, yeah, maybe. Stuck in the planning phase. Um yeah. Interesting topic for sure. <laughs> so, um, I've, mm -hmm. in, uh, I'm curious about your work with, like your your work in necromancy. Uh, if you're willing to talk about it, like, uh, <clears throat> like I um I facilitate a course on that I put together on like um, ancestral uh, healing and, and elevation. Mm -hmm. We it kind of like walks through people through first setting up proper protections, like home protections, and then moving on to um, getting to know 
the land just by kind of finding sit spots and just being with the land in different places. So you kind of develop a web of familiarity with the spirits. Like even if you don't consciously realize it, if you're going to these spots and meditating and leaving offerings. Mm -hmm. um, so then like you're slowly kind of getting nestled in and then you start going to graveyards and praying for the dead um, and then begin your own like ancestral ovations for, for your lines, like divining on them and then doing whichever ones are the least messed up first. So you get the experience and get some uh, some elevated ones like kind of on your side uh, through that and get the attention of like the healers and the line and all that. Um, but I'm curious, like, cause I haven't, I haven't done much more than that. And I, I certainly don't have like access to prime materials. I, <laughs> uh, other than, other than grave dirt, which I am, I am working with some, some child grave dirt. I found a child grave that was, it was the only one that had no sign of attention. Like it had been ignored mm -hmm. and, um, and it felt like it wanted something. So I worked with that in, in elevating the child and then working that grave dirt into uh, something else that's still kind of in process. Mm -hmm. But um, it's really tricky to kind of feel around in the dark with such potent material, like even, even just grave dirt from a uh, child grave was a lot to work with. Um, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm just I'm interested if you've had any experiences like that or like um, if there's any yeah anything you'd be willing to share on that stuff because it's it's fascinating to me the whole benefic like how the whole pry metaphysics is all to like help everyone involved like it's just fascinating and beautiful but it's also mm -hmm unbelievably intense so <laughs> yeah it's definitely intense um i'm gonna share the story with you on the time that i went and collected dirt from seven cemeteries <laughs> 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 so i live in connecticut you know like i used to live in texas you know i love texas but when i came up to connecticut uh, about five and a half years ago you know uh, there was this weird feeling that I had that I haven't felt in quite a long time, you know. Coming from Central America, my country rocks almost every 20 minutes. You know, like sometimes you will not feel the tremors unless you're very, very sensitive. But you know, like it's you know, like uh surrounded by volcanoes. So it's always rocking. Um <clears throat> the one thing that uh my country also just got over a type of civil war that lasted a very long time. You know, like I was born at the very end of it, like at the very last two or three years of it. So uh, literally everywhere on the streets was covered with bodies, you know, like dead bodies. When my mom separated from my dad, you know, like she, <laughs> there was a shooting that had just happened and uh, she just didn't care, you know, like she held on to me and... Uh, and made it from where my dad lived all the way to where her her dad lives, you know. And she said that she had to step through a lot of bodies. So the intensity of the land is very heavy. And, you know, when I got to Texas, uh, that kind of went away. You know, like, dreams would happen, but it wasn't as bad. When I came to Connecticut, 
that intensity was a little bit uh, magnified again. But it was just only on certain spots. And uh, I started paying attention, you know, like when I would go visit, you know, like certain areas of the state. Uh, and I started like doing a little bit more research on some of the cemeteries that are nearby. And by this point, I think that I already had one of the amulets by uh, Apichai. And uh, I felt strongly led to go acquire some of this dirt, you know, like I just didn't know like how much dirt to get, you know, like I just felt like that I needed to go get the different types of dirt from all these cemeteries, you know, like, and so I didn't really like had an idea of how many places to go visit. So I took it to Divination and uh, it got narrowed down to seven. Um, <clears throat> when, uh, when I started doing the research on like the most haunted one, I kind of like narrowed down seven of those and I went with my partner. I told her, you know, it's going to be a very boring day, but you know, like if you want to come, you know, like you're welcome to come and stuff like that. And she was curious about it. So she came and um, my backpack started getting heavy, not only with the dirt, but there was this extra feeling, you know, like, like, Oh, what the hell, man, you know, like dragging, you know, like as the backpack kept getting full with dirt, you know, like the more I progressed, you know, like on the numbers of dirts that I was getting, uh, the heavier I got, you know, like, and I just felt completely exhausted by the end of it, you know, but I had this like big old pot of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, Having to deal with that, I basically had a bunch of dreams uh, of an entity that kept coming over to wake me up and uh, I would be locked into sleep paralysis and this spirit kept pretending to be my partner oh. saying crazy stuff you know like uh, you need to get up you left the, the candles on in the office blah, blah 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 well I know damn well that I have turned them off and I realized like, oh, I'm in sleep paralysis now I have to like figure out my way out of it you know <laughs> So things like that have happened, you know, uh, through the necromancy. For sure, uh, using those dirts uh, on a couple of the amulets, you know, like brings uh, an extra feeling for, of the dead to it, you know, like, but it has gone already now through the process of, you know, prayers, you know, and elevations that, you know, the spirits are not coming through in a heated state, you know, instead they're coming in a workable state. Yeah, since uh, being in the you know in in the states, most of the uh, religion is predominantly Christian based. Uh, I kind of like focus on putting a lot of the elevation on that side, even though me on the personal level I am not Christian, you know, like but some of my ancestors are, so I kind of like ask for their uh, help elevating also, you know, mm -hmm. like these dirts, you know, like so they're in a in a way a little bit more workable and accessible to the others you know others that could purchase these items it's uh really cool to hear uh because i i had the same experience where it was like found had had got a john apichai's um like very special teacher talisman and then found myself collecting dirt 
<laughs> and also figuring out like, oh, okay, I, I I need to leave offerings when I get it, but I don't have to like go back to the graveyard a bunch of times. I can just make an altar with the dirts on it and elevate them from home, like because that's the connection point. Like, and I'm I'm just like, this isn't. I'm not this smart. Thanks. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, that, that it's really interesting how that happens. A lot of things have been like whispered in my ear since I got a couple like amulets that have the remains of teachers. And um, yeah, it's things kind of start taking off and <laughs> just along for the ride at some point. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's funny enough, you know, like uh, I had my, my partner help me load a statue. And uh, I didn't tell her the possibility that she could see things probably after this, you know. <laughs> and shortly after, we were taking a break and we were watching TV. And I seen this silhouette, you know, like just cross between me and the TV headed over towards the office. Because this is the old place where I used to live. At, and I was just like, oh, here goes one, you know, in my mind. And then my girl goes, um, babe. I'm like, huh? She's like. I just seen this like human like figure cross between me and the TV, and I just like, oh, fuck, here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's because you came into contact with those dirts. And she's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very fortunate. Like my my wife is is really uh she's really good at holding things and getting impressions that are like dead spot on. Like I seriously think. Mm-hmm she could work with a cop to solve murders like she's that good at that stuff um so it's really nice to have someone i can be like i i'm done with this thing i need you to confirm for me that it works like just (laughs) hold this and tell me what happens or what you feel when i say the words you know (laughs) um it's oh man helpful so i have a story um this is not you know like i'm gonna show you the amulet because i have her right here (laughs) <laughs> this is from some time ago in here in Connecticut. I was living in Ansonia and I still work at the same spot, Loki Soul Tattoo. And um, I had gotten this pry through Peter Jenks some time ago. You know, uh, I wasn't like really looking for one, you know, like, but a John it's, it's, I'm not really sure, you know, like it's. I don't think that it had much information, but <clears throat> I seen it and I was just like, I gotta have her. I I gotta have her. I don't know why I have to have her, but I just have to have her, you know, like <laughs> so so uh I placed the order and I didn't tell my girl that you know like the amulet was coming or anything at all. And so just one day I was headed to work and uh on my way out. From the house, I see the mail mail person come over and you know like deliver the package. And so like I went back <laughs> and grabbed it, you know, like and I went straight to work. And I was just like, oh my god, it's here, it's here, it's here. And I'm like very excited. So I got to work, open up the package, and you're know, like, I was pretty pretty hypnotized, you know, like with it. And so like I welcomed her and I gave her a glass of water and stuff like that, you know, and I went on to work. You know, I did all the tattoos of the day. And uh, on the way out from work, I was like, I need to go get her, you know, like the instances the way that I should, you know, and welcome her at home. 
And so instead of going home, uh, I took a left turn to continue going uh, to the store. And I didn't know that my partner was driving behind me. And uh, the next thing I know, she calls me and she's like, hey, where are you? And I was just like, um, by the house, but I'm going to the store. And then she's like, oh, yeah? Uh, who are you with? And I was just like, uh, with no one? What's up? You know, like, this is so weird because like, she's not like that at all. <laughs> and I was like, you want to follow me? Come on. You know, like, follow me. You know, like, let's go to the store together. She's like, okay. So she follows me. We get to the store in the parking lot, you know, and she parks right next to me. And, uh, I come out and, uh, and then she's just like, are you alone? And I was just like, yeah. You know, I opened the door, you know, like for the passenger side. I'm like, Do you see anybody? And then she's just like, no. And she's like, okay. You know, like, so we go in, get boxes of instances and stuff like that. And then we head back. And uh, when we got to my old house, you know, uh, she's just like, something happened that is very weird. And I was just like, oh, yeah, tell me about it. And so she's like, uh, well, I was coming home from work and I saw, I saw that you were, you know, like in front of me, but I saw another silhouette sitting right next to you, like, like a chick, you know, like, and when you turn, I saw a chick sitting next to you, like like skinny, you know, like with long black hair. <laughs> and uh, it gave me the chills, you know, and I was just like, so uh, this is who you saw. And I pulled the necklace out of my, because it was inside my shirt. And then she's like, oh my God, that is exactly who it was. And I was just like, I just confirmed, you know, like that she has sight and she has seen the spirit, you know, like, yeah. this is so funny, you know, like on the way to, on the way home, I was singing, you know, like, and I legit felt like somebody was sitting right next to me, you know, like, even though I couldn't see it, you know, like, and so like, I was just like, maybe it's my imagination. Again, you know, like questioning, you know, my, my questioning side came up, maybe it's my imagination. And the other one was like, no, this is her, you know, this is the way she feels. And I was just like, okay, hi, you know, <laughs> and so like, I'm at home and I was just like, I'm going to get you some incense, you know, like, so I'm going to go and get you some incense now. And shortly after is when my, my girlfriend called. So I was like, yo, <laughs> this, is, this is a confirmation that this, this amulet has a spirit in it, you know. And uh, she was she was a little freaked about it. And, like, I swore, you know, like, I, I legit saw her, you know, like, I really thought it was someone. And that's the only reason why I questioned, you know, like, are you alone? <laughs> <laughs> And I saw you take a left turn instead of going home, you know, like, so it made me wonder, like, what the hell's going on? This is so, so unlike him. (laughs) (laughs) When I first got, um, my first amulet uh, was, uh, I got a loop crook for my first one. Like, I, there was one on Jenks' site for, like, way cheaper than it should have been by a John Pemrung. And uh, mm-hmm. I got that, and we're everything's going great. Like we're we're buddies, but uh, when I first got that one, he and he sent he sent like a, a free gift because I missed the sale. So I, I ended up with like a whole family of pry, and like within two weeks, and was just like, what have I? What am I doing? I, have no, <laughs> I guess I'm gonna figure this out now. Um, and. Uh, and my wife was cooking dinner. She was making rice for like soup that we were going to have. And she was like, she came into the bedroom and she was like, I just had an old Thai woman 
yell at me that I was going to burn the rice. (laughs) 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 I'm like, funny. Uh, did you, do you, do you mind? Are you upset? She's like, not really. It was helpful. I was burning the rice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. That is so funny. There's no problem. All right. You're an amazing, understanding woman. (laughs) (laughs) That is so awesome. I also have one. Uh, this one is by Ajarna Pichai. What is Oh, hang on. Let me make my view bigger. Let me see. Let me actually try to like switch this over. Uh, bam. Oh, oh wow. Oh wow. That's that's wow. Breathtaking. This one is by Ajarn Apichai. Wow. So the medicine is uh, is different. You know, it's it's a, a rabbit. It's a rabbit? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And this is the one. Oh, wow. That is so pretty. Yeah, it's... He's a sweet boy. That's awesome. I really don't know if the, uh, like... I don't know how well I'm doing with like teaching him to help me or anything yet, but I have other amulets that help me. So I'm kind of just like, I'm just going to be nice to him. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I might get more serious when he's a little bit older, but he's still just this little thing. I'm just like, I'm not going to boss this kid around. So um, I'm, I'm assuming that you're familiar with uh, Niño de Tocha. No. Uh, um, sent, I was what would be the name in English? Uh, hmm. It would be like the equivalent to like Elegua. Ah. So when it comes to like uh the, the Luprock, it, it makes me think kind of like on the similarity of Elegua and Niño de Tocha, which would be the, the Spanish uh or Hispanic equivalent. <clears throat> oh, uh, wow. Okay. So, you know, like... uh approaching him with the similarities uh, of that understanding in mind, I think will be helpful uh, to like ask the things that you need. You know oh. what I'm saying? Mm. So in, in Hispanic culture, sometimes, you know, like you offer, you know, uh, like shoes for kids, you know, like, or like little baby shoes, you know, to offer that, you know, a way to walk. Um, oh. And, you know, like in there for you're giving it away. So that it can move around and stuff like that, you know. You could ask him, you know, like to help you and bring things to you as well. Um, oh, this is brilliant! Yeah, you know what I mean. You're like so, so like you're tapping onto the Catholic side slash, you know, uh, folk magic, and putting that to use uh, so that you could uh, tap into the side of uh, Thai magic that it might offer. That's no, that's absolutely brilliant. I love that. And it's that's always that that simple like animus logic that it's that stuff that's just built in that works the best. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I always think of like uh, you know like like I mentioned earlier, I am not Catholic or Christian by any means, uh, but 
I was raised with the knowledge. So the tools are there, you know, like I got to think of what is it that, that I have, what is it that I know, you know, like it's not necessarily going to be wasted because I'm still putting it to use, you know, like even if I'm not uh, fully a believer in it, a part of me at one point believed in it and that's enough for me to tap into it, to be even able to put it to use. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's, I guess, why I reference a lot to, like, uh, the ideas of, you know, like, saints and stuff like that. And being able to kind of, like, reflect it to, like, how I could work something, you know, <clears throat> um, in the way that I have a, an idea or an understanding base. Uh, so, like, for the teachers, you know, uh, I guess I would... I would tap into it with the idea that it's kind of like a, an elevated ancestor or almost slash a saint, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would approach it in that idea, you know, in that way. Uh, and for like uh, Kuman or anything that is childlike, you know, like keeping the idea that there's, you know, childlike spirits, you know, childlike uh, saints as well, you know, like. Uh, Santonio Atocha, like I was saying earlier, I gotta see the name in English, you know, before I, <laughs> before I go on about it. Let me just look, look it up real quick. Um, Holy Infant of Antocha. Atocha. Oh, is it all? Is it like the Holy Infant of Prague, kind of? I guess so. It's like a Roman Catholic image of. Uh, Jesus Christ as a child. Uh. Um, but yeah, you know, like growing up, my it's a saint from Spain actually, uh, and mm. it's patron in Mexico and other areas of Spain as well. Protects from danger and travelers, you know, as well, and those who are unjustly in prison. So. <clears throat> I guess, you know, like in the Espiritismo way of looking at things, I guess, um, they have a connection with it to a lengua. Because uh, that's the only other, you know, like the spirit that comes to mind whenever I see Kumans, you know. Um, I have a practice, you know, in uh, Ocha, so I kind of have a, uh, relationship with Elewa, so it's easy for me to like kind of see a similarity not saying that that's who that is but you know like the similarities of it you know like and kind of like provides me with ideas of uh, being able to tap into that uh, spirit by using water you know like a glass of water and of course you know thinking of things that ch children like you know like candy <laughs> uh, drinks you know like uh, toys and stuff like that you know like uh, rewarding or using those things as a reward when they come through so like uh, hey you know like just an example let's say you have a, you're trying to sell something and like hey man you know like I need you to help me sell this you know like if you do help me I'm gonna give you a Fanta a red Fanta you know as a reward but like come on you gotta work for it you gotta work for it <laughs> you gotta help me out yeah. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna make me happy and then, then you're gonna be happy <laughs> I've been trying to frame it as like uh, do your chores. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Like, and of course, if it doesn't come through, I was like, I'm not gonna be able to give you the things that you want. You know, I know you want it, 
but I can't give you that. So <laughs> yeah, I found a lot of like trying to find um, what would be ideal for like intervals for offerings to not make uh, a loop crop lazy, like, but mm -hmm. to, to not starve the little guy either. Like it. Uh, yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I've kind of landed on just like whenever I feel like it. Um, <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's easier than doing some kind of schedule like just kind of feeling them out and it's like if you're a little cranky and it's been a while like i'll, I'll give you some cookies you know um yeah but, yeah but also it is the... uh just like a weekly a weekly offering for sure but no it's definitely important to uh to get in touch with the uh with that feeling in the gut per se you know like because you know like I used to deal with that at first. You know, like, all right, I have all this experience. <laughs> <laughs> I have all this experience, and I, I, you know, like it said, you know, like where instructions told by so and so said that I needed to give them at least water once a week and stuff like that, or you know, like feed them once a week. But if it's not doing anything, you know, like you're definitely creating uh, a bad habit, you know, like so by offering just water. Uh, as a, I would say, uh, maintenance is totally fine, you know, like, but then paying attention to to that of like, a, hey, you know, like, I, feel, I want a little bit extra. And I'm then be like, all right, well, you, you want a little bit extra? I want a little bit extra, you know, like, so, <laughs> so let's work together, you know, like, and then I'll give you the little bit of extra, you know, <laughs> that's when you have an opportunity of kind of like uh, negotiating, I would say, you know, mm -hmm. because now you're dealing with something that is hungry, you know, and not hungry to the point that it's starting to like mess around and, and create chaos, you know, like even though I haven't really like experienced that, uh, but the, uh, Hey, you know, like almost something tugging to my, to my clothing and like catching my attention of like, I would like an extra cigarette, sir. You know, like, <laughs> or, like, uh, can I have a shot? You know, I'd be like, um, can I have, etc you know like and go about it i'm like oh you know what you know you did come for me like uh and through on 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 something i asked you for it and i haven't necessarily given you what you need all right well let me give you that one and an extra cigarette for the delay you know <laughs> yeah that's all really helpful to hear like uh i think me and most of the people that i know that got that have amulets kind of all got them around the same time like it was this big mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> people everyone we knew just being like sucked into it but uh um, yeah but yeah it's really helpful i really appreciate all that because like, uh yeah sometimes it's it can be hard to to parse out because i'm like well the ones that are doing sort of that are helping me in a in a way that's uh, sort of like a field effect that's just a constant like helping me with better focus or to um just be a little bit more stable like i have um the one that i keep on me all the time like i made up a medicine bag that i keep it in uh is uh a john happy chai's um magic boosting tuck root because it also oh. it also helps to balance the elements within it's like it's like a little little thing right it's like yeah, a yeah. little vial thing I have one too. Yeah, I have it in in this medicine bag along with um, his uh, Luke Sukkot with the Jarn Best 
uh, Naman Pride, yeah. the one with the lead tuck root for for helping protect the pride when you're in haunted places. I was like, this mm-hmm. seems necessary because <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I I'm I'm all about like this is what I mean about his stuff. I love um, I love how he makes amulets to help you do magic better because a lot of the other ajarns it seems are more focused on the more common audience of like people that want ambulance to do stuff for them like to get them things or help them with love or this or that and Ajarn Apichai does all that too but he also has things like that, that like you you dunk it in water and say the the kata and then drink the water and it like the first time I did it I was like this is like this is like microdosing mushrooms like this is <laughs> um it's yeah but um I hope I forgot why I even got on that tangent <laughs> no it's cool uh yeah that's kind of like the same idea that we both have apichai and i and it's why we're working together with the projects that we have in mind you know like um yeah magos one of the projects again. it's the that's magos key does that too it's for for yeah with, with land spirits and fey and it and it builds over time like that's yeah yeah um some of the tattoos that we were making you know like blending uh conjure uh practices uh and some of the Thai stuff you know into it you know like we're coming up with some unique designs uh to be able to help the practitioner not only offer protection you know and stuff like that and stuff that you need or the goal that you desired but also being able to uh enhance your daily practice you know because you have a kata that you have to say on the daily to be able to uh achieve uh or tap into it so that you can achieve your goals or uh, being able to uh build up your power you know like also being able to store some of that uh, energy to use it when you need it for ritual use so that you can infuse uh your personal power into it as well um that's kind of like the idea where the rooster coin came into you know like uh some of the instructions you know are easy enough to like where you can use it as a you know a keychain or a bracelet if you want or you can make a necklace or commission a necklace and use that as a consecrated space to uh, infuse not only the personal power that you build up through the practice of meditating with the coin uh, and using it on your rituals you know um, infusing uh, items that you create uh, or whenever you're casting candles you know like uh setting up candles being able to have that boosted power as well through it <clears throat> so it's a it's not only just an amulet you know it's a, it's a tool that you can empower yourself and build up your personal power uh from that being able to use uh the elements and also the blessings of anajarn who has blessed it before you know as well so yeah, that's kind of like the idea for the the rooster coin and all the other stuff, you know, being able to help the practitioner enhance what they got going on already. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't realize that that was part of the the coin thing. That's that's really cool. I, I don't think I realized that either. So um it's like i gotta go (laughs) (laughs) if i haven't sent you a file i gotta send you a file but there is a file that kind of explains it uh but let me see i have you might have and like i it's i may have like yeah okay yeah i have um 
Nope, nope. Yeah, mine's the one that's Hell yeah. in the blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should show them your tiger pinning because it's gorgeous. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was your first one, right? Your first yeah, it was amulet. the very first amulet. I like first thing he buys a a, a full tiger penang <laughs> and then like he hadn't even read the book and I'm reading the book and I'm like Jesus Christ Kurt <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it uh, is it showing up okay kind of not really oh wow yeah so and then that's that's the back and this is this is by Ajarn Sui I believe he's in yeah Ajarn Sui yeah and that's actually a tiger skull that comes from yeah place. yeah and it's carved on there and it was yeah it was and you know what's funny is like i think i was the one that kicked off everyone in the world buying these fucking things at least in our group of people yeah everyone was trying <laughs> to buy that one really <laughs> like somebody bought that tiger pin like, damn it, it that's crazy. funny and then yeah Jack, i remember Jack seeing like those. suddenly just like suddenly uh so much more ballsy with all the shit he was saying in his chats like he just he got the tiger magic going and he was just like like dropping these these hilarious jokes that were like possibly hurtful <laughs> it was great <laughs> yeah it takes a little getting so, used to check it out you know like just so that i can explain a little bit better oh, what i was gorgeous. rumbling about earlier this is kind of like the uh the personal necklace that I made for myself, you know, like mm -hmm. it has the uh, the silver coin attached to it. Um, whichever coin you know, like that you grab, of course, you know, it's gonna it's gonna build up power uh, through daily meditation. But a way of using it and working it is kind of like this space already consecrates the area that you're going to be mm -hmm. using. So, like, if you're going to do, for instance, bless a candle, you know, and set the candle on fire and stuff like that, of course, have a, something that's going to protect, you know, like the necklace from getting, you know, uh, any of the wax. But, or, you know, like having an oil that you're going to infuse and setting up candles around it. Uh, but, of course, the main focus in here is the necklace. Uh, doing the meditation and channeling through that, you know, enhances uh the ability to uh bring us above and below energy so mm. energy from the center of the earth and the energy that you're trying to draw whether that be astrological or uh, ancestral you know like it's really up to the sorcerer or conjurer mm. so that would be a way of using it you know, like and of course removing the necklace after the spell is done um, yeah. i love that it uh sets up the quarters too yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I always keep the the crossroads in mind because, you know, like ultimately that's what I'm doing. You know, like I'm bridging two practices together, you know, like and I'm becoming the crossroads so mm. that these two can can work. That's mm. my hack for um like because I, I I wasn't Catholic and I didn't have saints growing up, but like the saints came to me and healed my relationship with Christianity and Jesus. Like so it's it's this it's like I have to, from an animist approach, I ended up in like a full Christian practice because that's what I was born into. And like, if the universe is intelligent, then it knew that that was the medicine I needed. So it it, it bequeathed that to me as opposed to another religion or practice. But um, yeah, but like, 
to me, that's what making the sign of the cross is. Like, like it's it's well, it's several things, but like pulling pulling divinity down and then spreading it out in both directions, like across the land. That's like making the sign of the cross, but it's also you're making the crossroads actually on yourself when you do it and becoming the crossroads. Exactly. Exactly. Very sorcer sorcerers, you know. Um, yeah. Because you're drawing the energies, you know, and that's kind of like what I focus on whenever I'm trying to tap into uh, the planets, you know, and or the energy from the ether, you know, uh, and being able to bring the uh, the energy from the planet that we live on, you know, like give it that energy from the area that I am physically attached to. You know, so that it can become tangible. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah. Were you going <laughs> to say something, Kurt? No, it's, it's, um, I'll, I'll have to look back through because you've definitely sent me, because I remember asking about the kata specifically, and you definitely sent me some stuff about it. So I'll have to like, but it, I don't know. It's funny with all this stuff. I have so many of these amulets now that, like, I forget like half the stuff they do. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's more just like I, they're great to have along. Well, also, there's a part of it that I think is just listening to them and what do they say. Yeah, yeah. That that to me is has been the biggest. Um. Yeah, it's funny because I know a lot of people when they buy them, they get like astrological region readings. And I was like, I, I never done that. I'm just like, yeah, that one. And then I just I get it. See <laughs> the one that you feel pulled to. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I just go by that. Yeah. But Kurt's like exceptionally, I think, good at that kind of thing. He's he's very Cancerian. And, and I think there's a lot of intuition stuff going on with you that like, um, I think other people would fuck that up. <laughs> Well, the, the thing I'm also realizing is that I'm probably a little too, I'm probably way cavalier with it in some ways too, because uh, like, I never, I never divine after the fact. Of saying, like, you know, I'm just like, whatever. If it's not that, it's not yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Lately, uh, I have been a little bit, you know, like pumping my brakes on the things that I get because I have a lot of stuff, you know, like, <laughs> yeah it gets it gets a lot like you're you're the beginning of your day just stretches out and out, and out yeah <laughs> but at the beginning it was just very like that you know like i was like oh i really like this i don't know why you know like i have this, yeah. this feeling already you know like and it's what i would go for you know and purchase and stuff like that so it wasn't until much later when Ajarn did the astrology reading and he's like, oh, you know, you have connections with this. This is why, you know, like you you are resonating a lot with the dead mm. and stuff like that. Uh, being in Kimbanda, you know, Kimbanda is, uh, uh, deals a lot with things like that as well. You know, like it made a lot of, a lot of sense. Uh, him being able to say and see uh, the reading that I had connections with above and below. I mean, like that kind of like touches on the side of like my connection to Ocha, you know, and the practice that I have in Ocha. I don't really like speak much about it either, but it touched on that. And I, I was very impressed because, you know, like it's, it's not like I have told him, you know, like a lot about me, you know. Yeah. And uh, he was able to see that. And I was just like, holy crap, you know. And then I had him read my, 
my partner and my partner was blown away because he was very spot on too you know just like this is amazing you know like i really like the way that he does things you know like yeah his his readings are very on point i i got a reading from him through jenks and it was really funny because i i did an ancestral elevation um a lengthy one for my ancestors of magic i like just whoever mm -hmm. did spirit work in my lines to elevate them and try to get them to kind of show up and teach me and immediately after that was when suddenly i became fascinated with the thai cult even though i'd heard about it before i'd heard interviews with jenks before and i was like yeah oh, this sounds amazing but it just didn't click i did an ancestral elevation like i'm you know european descent did an ancestral elevation to to get in touch with my ancestors of practice and and then all these all the, like the Thai Buddhism shows up in my life and mm -hmm. and then I got a reading with the jar happy chai and um one of the questions I had was um like if uh like what, what kind of because I know in a jar usually will help kind of if if you're not ready for this sort of magic or that sort of magic or whatever so I just kind of asked like if if you see anything that points in a direction that'd be good for me for magic you know from my, from my own exploration um, and he's like, it was like, well, you're, you're definitely good to use pride because my moon's like a really strong, uh, fourth house Leo placement. Um, but he, he was like, uh, you'd be really good at Buddhism. <laughs> and that was all he would say. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, cause I just did this ancestral elevation and now I'm getting a reading from an ajar. Like, and he's just like, you'd be really good at Buddhism. I'm like, fucking, what is going on? I still don't know why this is such a thing that's like called me into it. But um, since getting the Luang Porpina amulet, I've noticed that it's the same for me. Like it's, it's the brakes have been pumped on wanting to buy anymore. Like I don't mm -hmm. care. Like now, now all I care about is, is materia. Like, um, and I, I just got, uh, I found somewhere to buy some Luang Por Sam Porn, uh, small, uh, water lek lie, mm -hmm. like really small ones. So I got, uh, a, a bunch of them, like 10, 10 or 12 of them. And I'm going to use those in an amulet of focus. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm thinking I'll use, I'm, I'm thinking of going with working with, um, like Shem angels on it and, making pong powder for their conjurations at the correct times and then finding ones that are all good for essentially clearing the mind or for focus and since they in my experience the especially the shem angels are, are sort of modular in a weird way mm -hmm. i feel like, like i should be and i need to do further investigation but i feel like asking them to kind of become a new like your would you would you join each other in lock wings and become an amulet or become the angel of focus right um, <laughs> so that's kind of the way that I'm, what i'm thinking for that um but like getting the materia is huge like finding little places to source like jintamani powder um that stuff is amazing i feel like it makes a really strong base uh kind of feeling for things like a foundational sort of uh root um yeah um but i'm curious if there's anything like any specific materials you like or uh, that you found to be 
surprising or like like local things that you're like holy shit suddenly you know this thing i buy at the supermarket i realize is now powerful because um <laughs> you like find the right guitar and like empower it <laughs> the celery is kicking ass. definitely <laughs> um <coughs> um Hmm. Like the mundane base, you mean? Like in, uh, like in any, any, if there's just any materials that you especially like to work with, because I'm, I'm just been fascinated by the world of, of how, how intricate their systems are, and how, how vast, and how, how many things they've, like the logic behind it and all that. Like if there's stuff you've discovered in your local world that, that like that's opened you up to, or if there's any time materials that you've got that you've played with um any time material yes i have some some stuff um that i i have you know like come into contact with and it's gotten me it's gotten, gotten me a little confused you know just because i was like whoa i wasn't expecting this feeling you know <laughs> <laughs> This feeling of drunkenness was completely different. Um, mm -hmm. It hits different for sure. Um, but honestly, you know, like on the regular, I like working with uh, alligator stuff, you know, like alligator remains. Okay. Um, I like to work with uh, a lot of like big cat stuff. Um, of course, legal. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, I like to work. <laughs> I like to work with um, definitely dirts of places. So like, uh, me and my girl used to go out and visit mysterious areas or things areas that have like the demon involved in some way, you know, in in a name or in the lore of the land, and just go out there, visit those areas, leave a couple of offerings. Uh, take a second to commune and smoke <laughs> with those with those land spirits and if it felt right then and then you know like uh i'll get stuff and if it didn't you know like i'll come back another time so we have gone multiple times to like uh the devil's hopyard um the devil's hopyard has a spot where funny enough um the last couple of times that I went, I was, it kind of like took me into wonder of like what it would be like to be in the mountains of Thailand and finding similar spots that have to do with caves that are mysterious and being able to commune with the spirits there and, of course, getting some of that dirt mm. <laughs> and not having a tapping spot. <laughs> I'm crazy about dirt. I have dirt from everywhere for sure. <laughs> I, I, I completely relate. Like I just started freaking out about dirt this year. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we lived, we had to, for immigration reason, we had to move to Germany for six months and I had to come in through the EU. Um, mm -hmm. And Germany is like just an ocean of ghosts. Uh, mm -hmm. Like so much restless dead there. It was like difficult to even just exist for me. Uh, I, I learned a lot though. Like it really helped me. It was like boot camp, like necromancy boot camp. Um, but the, yeah, just, just the intensity of, like, I collected some, some dirts from some churches there, and I'm like, 
these are like just as haunted as the graveyard dirts. Like this is insane. Like the the land that it's on is just so it's so like disturbed and there's so many dead that are roaming and and angsty and just like uh it's really weird to be like because in, i you can go in thailand you could go to a wat or a temple and get dirt and it's holy <laughs> like, yeah. like you don't we don't have that option a lot of the time like unless you're finding like you're saying places that are holy and sacred that are away from people um mm -hmm. and, and and in their own way but but as far as our like we don't have human maintained places that have that kind of like spiritual ecosystemic purity and like maintenance and and constant uh not as as much you know there are there are places but i think like yeah maybe like uh monastery type of stuff you know like where places where uh, monks mm -hmm. will live in place you know uh yeah i am familiar with the place and somewhere in upstate new york um that has a place where it's kind of like that and that's like the one that comes to mind of like if i ever needed like a holy holy place dirt that would be a, a place that i consider you know going to and it's obviously a couple of hours away you know <laughs> like the sacrifice yeah. of going over there is there you know but um i think that uh being able to recognize uh places in your local land which could inspire you and make your mind wonder so that you could uh, let it wonder through the, uh, not just the imagination, but, you know, like, I guess that side crosses over to uh, the visual side of, you know, uh, uh, the spirit world and let it pierce through to the other side of what you're trying to tap into. You know, like, I think that the heart is, the main thing that leads that journey <clears throat> um so if you go to your local land you know like a local stream and you find a small cave you might not fit in it physically but you know like is it enough to make you like stare into it and let your mind wonder you know, like mm -hmm. wow you know if i was small enough would this make me feel like if i was in a cave in thailand you know or, mm -hmm. or you know like in south america you know or something like that and it makes makes it feel right and inspires that then collect that you know like that is something that it has done something to you already you know like uh it's mm -hmm. a stepping stone per se you know it's a tool so uh i think that yeah getting these tools and items that are foreign to you you know and being able to see where you are and connect you know and being able to blend those two is a, a thing that people need to look into, you know, like and and keep that in mind, just so that uh that you can continue to benefit from these items, and they they're not just necessarily like laying around, but you know, like also make you wondered and inspired into looking for more, because the point of this is to keep learning, you know, uh, to keep evolving, to keep uh getting these tools to uh, help you uh, evolve and, and progress in acquiring the things that you need to get, you know, your goals in mind. I think that's incredible advice, uh, especially the emphasis on and having it be an exploration of the heart and, and an expression and, and it is an art, right? Like you're, 
you and the land and your spirits are all working together to to express like exactly. whatever it is that needs to be expressed um yeah i love that i i used to go caving when i lived in the states i was i would go caving in kentucky uh because there's enormous amount of caves you know throughout the mammoth cave systems um and it was before before i knew there was high strangeness and hot spots down there uh mm -hmm. and like um yeah I, I have i have a few things that that like came back with me in pockets of my overalls and stuff like that that uh just like <laughs> volunteer pieces of like stalactite and stuff that chipped off um and that stuff is definitely going in in some kind of work at some point but it's like these precious items that like one of them is a tree that actually fell through a sinkhole and died under in the cave and i have a branch of it and this was before i had any idea that would be incredibly potent <laughs> um, and i like busted it out not that long ago for the first time i was like oh i still have that and i was i you know held it for a second and it was just like the depth that i was able to feel and it was just so profound and like you were saying with dirts this thing that i figured out like when when i realized how how much how much beauty and, and information is in a handful of dirt when I when I started to have a little collection and you know get a little high get in the zone and like hold one by one and just let let it sort of unfold like a hologram and, yeah. and I was able to see like the the spiritual health of like the the three worlds like high mid and low sort of like what the dead were up to and the health of that era area and then like the middle sort of it was like these frequency spectrum that I was able to see and so I could mm -hmm. like better target which part needed elevated um and I, I just was so astonished like this is a handful of dirt but when you think about it dirt is everything that's ever happened somewhere and beyond exactly. um, yeah it, I so I just I so feel you on that it's there's so much beauty in dirt <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> I mean, like we all become part of it when we when we die, you know. Like it doesn't matter if you're cremated, you know, and you're turning to ash. The wind is gonna disperse you. You're ultimately gonna end up in dirt yourself. Um. My, <clears throat> I guess my inspiration with dirt a lot, you know, like in the caves and all that stuff. It's because this speaks a lot to me in the idea that your mind is a cave. You know when you're when you're meditating, the echoes of you know whatever you got in your mind, you know, like it's you gotta learn how to discern and quiet those things down so that your cave is is not as echoing. And now you have the quietness. Now you have the ability to be able to you know to do what you are trying to accomplish. You know, uh, whether it is uh, contemplation or uh, focus um it is a possibility you know uh the oil inner hollow again you know like what i was trying to like talk about it earlier ultimately during the the trip you know like it became a thing where it led me to a, down to a cave you know and in that cave you know like i was able to commune with these things and these beings but the feeling the feeling again goes back to the heart you know, like uh, the heart was uh, 
had this feeling, you know, like that is indescribable, you know, like it's a mixture of both joy and and sadness, you know, like, but all at once, you know, like yeah, it's like it's bliss in its own way, you know, it was it was my experience, I guess. And uh, I've had those feelings in in different situations and different part of my you know practices, you know, like and I kind of like go with that as a flag, as a signal, you know, like to what I should, you know, I should be doing or like as a signal that I, I'm doing well, you know, like, this mm -hmm. is what you've been looking for. You know, like this is, this is it, you know, like <clears throat> I think that it is very important and, you know, like being able to understand that there it's in its own way, you know, like it's not just something that we stand on, you know, like it's the possibility to build something, to create something, to pierce through something. You know, mm. like it's like water, you know, like oddly fluid, but not as fluid. You know, like mm. it's got many particles, you know, like um, or bones disintegrate or energies, you know, disperse through through the land, whether it is, you know, just contained in that cemetery because we, we got gates and stuff like that. Yeah. But <clears throat> what about the relocations that happen through history? You know, like the cemeteries move, but, you know, like the, the chemicals, you know, like and body fluids that have been mixed with the land that will never be taken away. You know, like it's, it's mixed there in like whatever condo that you're going to build up in there, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever farm that is going to be a building there, you know, like it's going to have that. But that brings up a lot of interesting opportunities for like what constitutes graveyard dirt and like what what you can use uh and what you can work with too like because i mean there's a there's an ancient like there's an old viking hill fort here like remnants of one um and there were a lot of battles there so that's like that's battle fed soil and i was yeah. thinking like working with working with the ghosts of elevated vikings i <laughs> i kind of like that idea <laughs> <laughs> gone yet yeah. I'm, it's on the list <laughs> yeah well it's it's also i mean the the other aspect of like you know not only are we returning from the dirt but we're made of it because all the food is in one way or the other is coming from the earth is coming up through the from earth, the earth. Or, yeah yeah to to formulate your body um and it's yeah uh it, it's it always struck me as like the you know this idea of like returning to like local food it makes sense because like in ancient times you were built from that land and i imagine exactly. that like if if you're eating from the land that you're living on more that you probably you might be able to even connect with with that landscape and the spirits there much deeper exactly you know, like that's that would be a way of giving to the land. You know, you're supporting the farmers, yes, but you know, you're also, you know, like uh, feeding off of it. You know, like you're feeding off of the, the area that you're living in. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> so the importance of you know, like giving offerings to the land spirits is, is you know, like it's a stress. Um, and I'm not saying like you should go out, of, you know, like and do it every day and stuff like that. Now, you know, like do it from the heart. You know, when you feel that you need to do it, you know, because you're going to at one point do magic, you know, like you want to be in good stand 
standing point with your, your local spirits. You know, mm. you go out to visit any any trails, any forests and stuff like that. Be mindful. You don't you don't want to visit you know like uh someone's house you know empty-handed. Same thing mm. with the land spirits. You don't want to visit over there. You know, at least bring some water. You know, you don't have to be crazy. You know, like but show respect and those spirits are going to be aware that you're not just using, you know, you're actually, you know, minding them. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And especially in the West, you, you really stand out if you're paying, if you're being respectful, like you, you're noticed more easily because less people are respectful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I, you know, I've gone to, local parks you know there's supposed to be <clears throat> a forest and i try to take the dog for a walk and there's enough broken bottles to make me say nope let's go back <laughs> you know like and <laughs> or like try to spend you know like now spending time picking up broken glass you know like but it's so much of it you know like it's people are so easy to uh disrupt area rather than help it hmm. so being mindful of it you know, like as a practitioner, you know, like as a sorcerer, conjurer, whatever you want to call yourself, you know, like should be something to to keep in mind. It's good merit too. And good merits. Definitely good merits. Good merit on Which the heart. I kind of feel like it's the lost secret of uh everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I read your uh, your blog on it, and it was it was very well put. Thank Definitely. you. Yeah, I've been experimenting with um, sort of like merit uh, feedback loops and how to like incorporate merit offering into the moment of enchantment and like um like saying a rosary for the dead and mm -hmm. for the loneliest soul and every every 10 offering to a different set of spirits that I work with. Mm -hmm. Like so you do one deck at, like do one deck at and then offer that to my ancestors of blood and then mm -hmm. another one in my ancestors of practice and then another one for my Buddha altar and then another one for the Pry altar and then another one for the Christian spirits. And then the whole room is humming and then mm -hmm. asking, asking for help in a working. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's like, um, holy shit, how, how could I expect to have, like, like this, it turns up the volume on everything to the degree of like, it feels like I found some like secret that, and, and you know, they have merit in Catholicism, but like, they just made it too convoluted to matter to anyone. Like everyone just like, yeah, okay, you put a bunch of rules on it and you made it complicated and it just kind of fell out, but out of focus. But um, but it's so interesting how universal it is. Like my wife is a priest and um, <laughs> she offered some to the Holy Spirit. And she said it was like the most incredible, like it's just, it's like, this is universal. How is this not being talked about more okay. <laughs> this it works like <laughs> hmm. that's interesting it's pretty cool 
Yeah, I, I I don't know why. I mean, in my experience, that's I've tried it with land spirits too. The only the only <laughs> experience I had that was like maybe offering merit wasn't a good idea was I was like, and I knew it might not work out, but I was like, the only way to find out is to try. So I tried offering merit to Mars for mediation and mm. immediately sat on my headphones, my new headphones, and they didn't all the way break, but I cracked both arms. So Mars and Gemini, and I cracked twin arms. Uh, it was a little on the nose. So I don't think offering to, I think Mars was like, you're being nice to me, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but every other time I've tried some experiment with merit, it's been like, um, yes, thank you. And why the hell have you not been doing this all along? Kind of feeling. <laughs> That's interesting. Um yeah, I'm definitely the land spirits, I think that it's a little bit tricky. Uh, especially when it comes to like some goblins. Mm. They they want they want nothing to do. Some of them want nothing to do with the uh, with the Christian stuff, which is why I guess I resonated with them a lot at first because I, was, <laughs> I don't want it. Christian, so, you know, like yeah, I say the prayers for my ancestors, but that's it. You know, like I don't <laughs> I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I learned that part of of them, and I was just like, it makes sense now. <laughs> mm. <laughs> It makes sense, you know, like, so sometimes I have to be very mindful that I shouldn't be thankful because <laughs> they don't like that. <laughs> it's just kind of like show appreciation in other ways without having to say that it's an appreciation per se. Because mm -hmm. I don't want to offend little buddy. Um. <laughs> that's so interesting. Yeah, that's. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's an interesting relationship sometimes, you know, like even handling things have to be done in a certain way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess it comes down to whichever spirit you make friends with. Yeah, it's it's just so cool how how like spirit relationships challenge you to to adapt to new dynamics that you you'd never have with a, a human. Like there's just these really cool ways that it it just teaches you. It teaches you the the spectrum of existence and how like small our little uh, our little dynamics uh, often are. <laughs> like like I can't thank someone for helping me. Like I have to figure out how to like show that in a different way. It's like it's really cool. It makes you think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, usually around the two hour mark, I make sure that you're not like uh, needing to go or um, how you, you doing? Know, what time is it? It's two twenty. I'm pretty good, you know. Um, I pretty much blocked a few hours because I saw that the last recording was a couple of hours. So I was just like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> they, go, they go from around forty five minutes to three and a half hours, somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just yeah, just kind of whenever people get tired and need to go, it's it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm open to to whatever. <laughs> uh, man, it's so it's so nice to connect on the dirt thing. Like, yeah, I'm just so so blown away. It's like a whole new world. 
<laughs> it really is. It's like fucking dirt, man. You guys don't understand. Try it. Hold some dirt. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely been a thing. Uh, there's there's dirt that that for sure makes you like feel kind of buzzed <laughs> the minute that you touch it. And then there's other that you know, like that has given me a, a reaction of like feeling cold. You know, like even though the room is not supposed to be cold, you know, like there's something there. <laughs> yeah, how do you feel? How do you think um, different feelings of dirt, like because even once they're like you've worked with them a bit and they're not coming in hot, right? They're they're still they still have different vibes. They still have different kind of personalities. So. Do you do you feel like like it, it it still works if you just kind of ask them all to work together or uh but but like the idea of what if you had 50 dirts and you found seven that felt a lot more in the same sort of and categorized them by feeling like with that do you think that would boost the purpose if you could kind of find ones that felt like they had similar things going on just curious. I mean, if you if you're just like basing it off a feeling and you're just like handpicking, you know, like uh, what you felt, I guess, you know. Yeah. Because you're living it off the chance. Um, well, I mean, you could you could confirm with divination or something too, but but the idea of like, um, just like matching, if you had the option of having a bunch of different dirts, just wonder if you could kind of stack the signal in a certain way, like if one of them feels more cold or more um more airy or something and you you want more like um like attraction sort of stuff going on and you like stack those um if that would work better i don't know i just always wonder though yeah no i i think that it it definitely will be some work um to narrow down things like that but it could be doable i'm sure yeah um in the way that i have layered those seven you know like is because of ultimately you know like having the feeling of you know like looking and then doing the, the divination you know like you know like you went through the divination part but <clears throat> i think that it really depends you know like uh sometimes if a spirit asks for it you know like or a recipe asks for it you know like it might make you feel something you know like it might not make you feel anything but you know ultimately you know like it's not really up to what you feel you know like if it's spirit requested you know like it's, it's up to the spirit to make it work you know make it happen because it becomes a tool right right and like so, uh, and we don't actually have the perspective to understand all the different components that need to go into the working to make it work uh that's why we we have helping spirits i guess <laughs> it's like, yeah 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 it's like this exactly. one that doesn't feel like anything to me might be a vital component yeah or you know like the, there's the other thing of like uh the spirit had led you to collect you know those dirts you know and at some point in your life months later you decide oh you know like i want to check this book out and then you see a recipe that catches your attention but it calls for like uh the dirt this is just an example, like the dirt from a sorcerer, some stuff like that. But you already know that you have collected the dirt. So like you you could bring this, you know, recipe to like a to helping spirit now and be like, so check it out. I have this recipe. <laughs> <laughs> and we collected this dirt. 
you know, like, is it okay to substitute this? Because now, you know, like, we are the sorcerers and we have collected the dirt, you know, like, and more than likely somebody there in one of those cemeteries that I've collected the dirt from that you told me <laughs> has died and has been a practitioner of some sorts. So yeah. there's possibilities of connections already there, you know, because it's, it's been uh, the land of those cemeteries, not just the grave dirt, you know. So if you needed the connection for medicine, you know, like even, uh, and the recipe calls for that, then you go back to your spirit and be like, check it out. This is what I got in mind. This is what the recipe calls for. Can we work based off of this with what we have? And can we modify it, you know, and build up off of that? Um, <clears throat> that's when I think that also the books become more of like a recipe book that is kind of like a, an opportunity to put what you have to the test in a way and see if it works and see how that goes and see what we can you can achieve based off of that you know because now you're exploring i, I think this is like the perfect approach to be honest like i think that's uh, excellent advice for everyone um <laughs> Because that is that is what it's about, and it's about like, uh, where are you right now? What are you in relation to right now? Like, what are the what's the food that you're eating, and where's the the places nearby that are that are enchanted and haunted, and um, who's calling to you, and where's where's your heart pulling you to explore? Because that's that isn't just you. That's that's a two way street, and that's often an invitation to to go connect to yeah. who's out there. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I that. I mean, I like the distinction, you know, following the flow of things and pieces come to you because the work wants to be done and you you aren't like the center of it, essentially. <laughs> yeah. I think that if uh, definitely if the spirit is kind of pushing you to collect things, then you are definitely going through the work of narrowing down. Uh, through divination or meditation and divination, you know, like in confirmation that what you're getting is something that you should pursue, then yeah, get it, you know, like experiment with it, you know. And if uh, later on, you know, like you have the, the idea of wanting to explore recipes, you know, like and, and see. If these things are, you know, like these tools are already ready available because, you know, like this spirit pushes you to, to get them, you know, like why not try to put them to the test, you know, because that's when the perfect opportunity, you know, like uh, not just uh, to confirm that what you got going on is, is, is workable, but also that that what you have received, the messages that you have received and the things that you have created or collected, you know, like that you can put them to work when you need them you know like this has been tested now because you needed something even if you didn't needed something you know like at least to try to uh uh <clears throat> validate the point that you have something that is has been led by a spirit hmm. you know like i've been like encountered with a lot of questions like that that like years back like uh, well how do you know it works <laughs> it's like well, you know, <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> because I've gotten things, you know, like, because of them, you know, like, for for me, like, uh, 
confirmation is you know like being being in the United States you know like uh was working in a, in a deal with the spirit you know like and ultimately you know like uh thing happened so fast that I was like holy crap you know like you definitely came through with things you know like in a manner that was that was very surprising you know like and I fulfilled my end of the deal uh, recently you know um so how do you how do you do how do you know is because you have experienced things you know like and ultimately it's your experience nobody is gonna understand it because it's something that you went through you know uh, is is something that should be experienced you know like people are very are that curious and you know about the work and the time for the work and go through it push through it it's yes. boring there's also, <laughs> but there's, there's also so much work involved to like get to exactly even believe like your own experience because people have a really hard time with that we have a materialist like uh framework that that essentially challenges anything you can't prove on paper and and i think it installs like we're installed with a little voice in our minds a lot a, a lot of the time that that kind of kind of picks apart and doubts these things and um and to be able to trust your own experience and be like no that was real it worked yeah. <laughs> um that's there's a lot of work that goes into that like a lot of personal yeah <clears throat> Yeah, it's kind of like having a dialogue for sure, you know, with yourself and sometimes another part of yourself. So it becomes more than two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe that other than two, you know, is your helping spirit, you know. And that's where, like, you know, you have to be a little bit relaxed, you know, and, and, and kind of like sit on the expectator side to see what happens. Yeah, oftentimes my my helpers, uh, like my spirit team, will come in sounding like um, like my own voice, just like a lot more authority in it and like older sounding. Like there's just this like blah da da da, like really matter of fact. And I'm just like, whoa, hey, uh, yeah, no, you're right. Ah, shit. <laughs> Usually that voice is is uh, on point. <laughs> Yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, I've had a sometimes even during at work, I guess because the type of uh shading that I do can become or acquired a rhythm that if I get lost staring at it, you know, <laughs> I kind of get pulled into like a slight trance. <laughs> Um, I've been in the middle of a tattoo and I get an answer for something that I've been wondering about. <laughs> and it sounds like me, but it's not really me, you know, and the way that it's said is being said is not really necessarily the way that I speak. <laughs> so uh I pay attention. I pay attention to that. You know, like sometimes the, the message comes and not necessarily in the time that I'm meditating, you know, it comes much later and my mind might be clear, you know. Uh might are be you doing, doing like complicated else. hatchwork? Like, is that basic? Like, or um, I guess it would be considered stipple, but yeah. not really stipple. You know, like uh, because I try to like uh, layer enough shading to create 
I guess uh, I don't oversaturate the skin, but at the same time, I create enough of a layer to mimic darker patterns, and uh, and it stays dark in the skin for a, a longer period of time than than doing it with a mag, because I do most of my shading with a single uh, single needle or a three round uh, liner, so they're all liners. I don't have to necessarily with mags a mag is kind of like a wider uh mm -hmm. it looks like a like a brush type of needle um, oh so it's like multiple needles going at once so, right that's a mag you know okay. yeah it looks kind of like a paintbrush and a liner looks kind of like a pointy a pointy pen you know uh, but this is composed of three small needles and so the way that i do the shading is i lower my voltage and I create enough of, of a swinging pattern, kind of like a pendulum. And uh, I go back and forth and I make sure that I pay attention to where I need the most darker, you know, uh, patterns. And I may make my hand movements a little bit faster in that area. Hmm. So sometimes I get pulled in when I'm doing that because I'm just like, I have my skin pulled tight. My hand is just in motion and uh, I'm not really thinking of anything. And then this voice comes in and starts <laughs> telling me things that I, I was I was questioning, you know, about. And it's kind of like a, like an advice. And I was just kind of like, okay, I guess I'll go with that then. But like, <laughs> and it stopped after that, you know. But <laughs> but it was weird because I felt, you know, of course, slightly drunk, you know, like, and I was like, oh, this is of course spirit communicating, you know, and. I try not to get too sucked in into it because I'm, of course, working and you know dealing with the client too. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing how much, um, like doing doing artwork or any sort of like skilled craft. Like, there's so many opportunities for like trance and meditation because so like a lot of it is there's an aspect to all of it that that you have to be someone in that state to mm -hmm. make things. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like uh, uh, your head space is there, but not really there. Yeah. Your brain switches a little bit, and then something else can come in and put Im images in your head. Yeah. Or ideas in your head. You know, like, because that's uh, most of my paintings have kind of like come through like that. You know, like I've been either sketching, not with something in mind, you know, like sometimes I've, there was a live at one point that I did. Uh, when I just kind of like started this the same way that I began any other painting, you know, like it's just one line. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, let's see what happens today, you know, like, and I started doing the line. I was like, oh, it has turned into the roots of a tree. Let's see what happens then, you know, like, and I started doing other things and it turned into some crazy stuff. And uh, I ended up finishing uh, a tree in a cemetery, you know, with the word Kalunga in it. And so, like, that became a painting, you know, and uh, it's been kind of like image images that flash in my head you know like and i just kind of like interpret it in my way of looking at things from you know like kind of like if it was in a tattooable manner so i see things in a somewhat cartoony way in my head <laughs> mm -hmm. but somewhat realistic you know and so like some things are funny some things are not you know <laughs> Uh, so some of that translates into the tattoo world uh, for me, you know, like in some of the artwork that I do sometimes might be 
funny in a way, you know, like or funny looking. Uh, but sometimes there's that that weird seriousness. And most of my paintings that I've done are kind of like watercolor, so that they have that weird watercolor feel to it. But they don't seem like watercolors. They seem like very solid pieces. <laughs> also, you know, like through the flashes of images that I've seen in my head. Um, sometimes, you know, like just by meditating, sometimes while not meditating, just just chilling and smoking, relaxing. And then something comes in and I'm like, this does not feel like just high, you know, like this feels like something else. <laughs> and so I just like let it sit there and it, the, the idea is persistent and I go to my and it's like, is, is this something that I should pursue? You know, like, and it's not, everything going through meditation or divination either, you know, like sometimes it is dream-based and, you know, like if I consider that that dream was something, you know, that I should develop into a painting, you know, like it becomes a painting. And you know, like, I don't really necessarily have to divine on it. You know, like if I feel it in my heart, that it's, it's something that I should take on, you know, I do it. <clears throat> and then I read something later on. And then I'm like, I look at the painting that I've done and I'm like, holy crap. What the hell? You know, like, I had no clue. <laughs> I, did, I did a painting for Oya, and uh, I didn't even know. It was on her day, and I did it on her day. You know, like, and I wasn't really into Ocha then. You know, like, I honestly didn't want anything to do with Ocha at that point in my life. You know, like, I had heard of it, and I was like, oh, it's not for me. You know, but it so happens that I just felt the need to paint something, you know, like, and to, to draw something. And I just felt inspired for out of nowhere to just draw something. And uh, it started as a woman figure, you know, like, but I kept seeing that she had, like, all this jewelry covering her face. And I kept heading or feeling that, that heady feeling in my head. And I was just like, it feels like it's something that I should be doing. So like I just started doing it that day. You know, and I just devoted that day to that to that painting. And when I was done with it, um, I was like, oh, this is so badass. I don't know what to put in the background. And uh I had this feeling of lightning and stuff like that. And and so I was just like, maybe I should start looking what this what this really refre reflects into, you know, what it is like because the symbolism is there, you know, like I just don't really know what what it is you know like and I you know like I saw that it kind of like looked like Oya so I was like oh this is interesting I guess it would be Oya you know but I'm not really into the practice so I'll just finish this you know like and I finished it and uh, I think the next day uh, I had read somewhere that it was the day before was the day of Oya and I was like, holy fuck, I painted it and I did it on this day. Like, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> about it or like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Crazy. Yeah, we, I was just talking to a friend about that, like how you know you're doing it right when you accidentally hit the right planetary timing and the right planetary hour without even thinking that you like look back and you're like, oh yeah, I did that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't plan things, you know, like sometimes I'm like, oh, I got to do this thing for this plane or like, oh, I got to do this thing and finish this powder. And I wait for the day, which is to be finished. 
and I feel on on what I feel, you know, should be the time. And uh, I get my errands done or whatever, and then I go and begin the ritual time, you know, and finish that part. And once I'm done, I go and relax, and <laughs> and then I look at the clock, you know, and I see the planetary hours, and I was just like, oh, that was actually a good hour for that. No, crap, <laughs> you know, like goes with it, you know, like it wasn't really planned because great, something told me to go and and do it at that time, you know, like and. That's what I mean. Sometimes you gotta you gotta pay attention to that feeling, that internal feeling, that gut the feeling, that gut, you know. Yeah, I've definitely I've definitely had that happen multiple times where it's like, oh, maybe I should do this now. And then I look at the hour and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that, that's that tracks. <laughs> this or or it's about to be the perfect time in like five minutes. So okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of how it ended up with the angel oil. Like I was like, I, I, it just occurred to me like halfway through doing like the final and I was like, this is gonna end on the day of the Annunciation. What the fuck? <laughs> like it's ending on the day when the a- angel came in, like when Gabriel came. It's it's a little odd. Um, <laughs> it was good though. Uh, I've also had conversely like the the wake up it's 4 a.m and if if you don't do t- yesterday's novena before the sun comes up you fucked it up like, <laughs> 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 and like oh shit thank you <laughs> you're right yeah. those things are a lot of work novenas and stuff <laughs> well, you can you can you can kind of do them however you want. I I typically will just do like a, a little like thirty minute session a day for seven to nine days. Um, I don't do like all damn day long. Um, oh man, I will if my I ever need. Was... But I yeah, I think my my sort of casual um, intuitive nature of 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 working uh, has landed me with a spirit team that's incredibly forgiving. And picks up a lot of slack and, and helps guide me, like, uh, corrals my spastic mind in the right moments. And I'm like, oh, okay, suddenly I'm very focused. Uh, and I was planning on doing this working soon. Like, now's the time. Like, I can just put two and two together that, like, someone's kind of helping me feel in the mood for this right now. Mm-hmm. Like, jump on it. But, but it's the same. Like, I like they have to be forgiving because i'm gonna i'm gonna forget shit like (laughs) i'll do my best for you i'm sorry if that's not up to par but we'll get there yeah (laughs) add is hard No, definitely, you know, like, you have to accommodate, you know, on, you know, like, your everyday, you know, like, you constantly have things that you do, and, you know, like, you have to find the time or make it or work it through the day at some point, you know, like, in a matter that is helpful. Uh, yeah, I take the time sometimes, you know, like, just to take out out, <laughs> or sometimes I'm at work, and I'm like, all right. I don't have a client for an hour. Let me take this five minutes 
and just like sit in my station because I have you know a workable area in the station as well. To where like if I don't have the time to do certain things, you know, here, I go and do it over there if I have the time for it. Um, so certain katas sometimes are set over there too, you know, in my workstation. Mm. But yeah, you know, like I try to be flexible. I try to like show that I'm not, you know, forgetful. You know, I do have a lot of things that happen being a tattoo artist. You know, like uh, some some designs that required a lot more attention than others. You know, some clients are very very picky. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to like figure it out you know <laughs> like which way is gonna work best you know like because I'm trying to offer something that is you know part of what the client wants and part of like what is gonna be workable <laughs> you know Fred is a freelance artist so he definitely knows <laughs> yeah <He's an> illustrator <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the, I, I that's what always scared me about uh, tattooing is because because you're working on people's skin and like a there's a certain it's permanent, um, mm -hmm. but b having dealt with clients just doing like illustration work in general, like I can't imagine someone like uh, I guess there's a benefit of like sometimes it's at a place they're not going to be able to see anyway, so it's like yeah that's great mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but um uh no it's uh i actually and i'm also surprised because there's a lot um my ex was getting tattooed by um actually you probably have heard of the guy anil gupta hmm. um he's a like he's pretty well known he's based out of new york he does really mm. intricate like hatch work and stuff uh okay. but i but i was amazed like he would draw a line and it's like he would draw multiple lines and it would often be covered up by the ink because the ink would well up and i'm like how are you how are you knowing where yeah. this goes and he's like i just put your hand on the skin and then like it was like i didn't realize like how much of it's like feel too in addition to just being the, the like the visual component of it yeah definitely there's a lot going on as a tattoo artist you know like um I pay attention. You know how I was talking about that little voice that comes yeah. and goes? You know, like, so uh, some of the tattoo style that I've developed, you know, part is the way that I've been taught by my mentor. And the other part is just kind of like little advices that I have been given by this other voice, you know, <laughs> that have yeah. come through the, through the times that I've been shading. And so, uh, I follow it, you know, like, and I'm like, holy crap, that was, that was right. You know, like this, this is helpful. You know? mm. <laughs> so it's helped shape, uh, you know, like certain things uh, for sure. Mm. How long have you been doing it? Tattooing for 14 years is going to be 15 years this, this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you start in Texas? Uh, yeah. Yes, I started in Texas. Um, I started, uh, when I was 18 and, um, it was, uh, definitely an adventure, you know, mm -hmm. the tattoo world has changed <clears throat> from the time that I started 
in many ways. Um, back then, I think Miami Inc. was the main <laughs> the main show that was airing, you know, and uh, I was in high school at the age of 17 when I was approached by one of my friends and uh, he had seen me sketching and he was like, oh my God, I didn't know you sketch. You know, you're so good. Can I see the rest of your sketchbook? And I was just like, yeah, man. You know, like, so he was looking at it. And he's like, oh man, have you ever seen Miami? And I was like, nah, I don't watch TV. You know? <laughs> and I said that because, you know, like, uh, I was actually in trouble all the time. So I was grounded <laughs> most of my teenage. And he wasn't like that I was a terrible kid. It was just like me and my stepdad never saw each other eye to eye. And so since, you know, like we disagreed in a lot of things and I never really followed his his uh, commands. <laughs> <laughs> he will have me grounded most of the time. And so, so I wouldn't have to explain that to this new friend. I was just like, Oh no, man! I just don't watch TV and shit like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Man, when you have a chance, you should check it out." You know, like it's on the TLC, and uh, I'm sure that you're gonna be interested. Why is it that that you're not interested in tattoos? And I was like, "Ah, oh, I just come from a country that most of the tattoo that I've seen, you know, like is is you know, like it's not good." And mm. it's related to the bad side of town, you know, stuff like that. So I didn't want it to be associated with that. And so, like, I never saw it as an art form at all. <clears throat> and I came to America and, of course, you know, like, North America. And, of course, uh, I was, like, so invested into sketching and trying to paint and stuff like that and doing my own thing that... Even if I saw a tattoo, you know, like, it wouldn't register that it was a tattoo, you know, like, I just never really cared. And so this kid puts it in my head, and uh, it so happens that the Thanksgiving coming up after he told me that, you know, like, I was hanging out with my stepdad's father, and he was flipping through channels, you know, like, and he was asking me about school and stuff like that. And as I was telling him, you know, like... uh he stops flipping the channels right on the TLC. Miami Inc. is playing. And uh, he stops and he's like, I'll be there. That's a good tattoo. And I look at the at the TV and I'm just like, what? You know, and <laughs> I mean, James, the, one of the main guys in the show is wiping this, this dragon, you know, and it's not registering in my head, but that's someone's back. You know, like, it was just shiny, you know, and I was just like, oh, man, that's sick. You know, like, that's awesome. It's a Japanese dragon, you know, like, that dude is wiping away. Why the hell is he wiping it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so the guy gets up, and uh, it put it together, and I was like, oh, man, that is someone's back. Why? <laughs> you can do that on skin? I was like, holy crap. I want to get a tattoo. <laughs> I want to get a tattoo of my own. And so, like, I went back to school with this brand new idea, you know, of the tattoo world. And uh, I went and looked at my body and I was like, bro, you're not going to believe what I watched over the weekend. 
He's like, what you see? And I was just like, Miami. He's like, and? And I was like, dude, I want to get a tattoo and I want to <laughs> learn how to tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, he was like, he put me into contact with a kid that was uh, apprenticing at a local shop. And I told him, I was like, I'm going to turn 18. Just wait until I turn 18 and I'm going to get it done by you. And uh, around that time, I moved out from my parents' house. But I was still cool, cool with my mom. And uh, I met up with her one day and I was like, Mom, I'm going to turn 18. But I want your blessing on something. I want to know what, you're, what you think about me getting a tattoo. You know, like coming from the same country, you know. Uh, I had an idea of what she thought of tattoos, but, <laughs> she, you know, like she got quiet and she was just like, well, I taught you everything I need to teach you. You know, like, you'll now live alone. So just do something that you're not going to regret. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool. You know, like, I got the blessing from my mom, turned 18, went and got it done. Wasn't even done with the first one, and I already wanted the second one. You know, like, uh, I asked the guy that was tattooing me if he could, you know, like, teach me. And, you know, he refused to it. He said no because I'm learning myself, you know. Yeah. I'm experimenting on you. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and so in school, before I dropped out, a counselor um, asked me what I wanted to do with my future. And I honestly had no clue. You know, like I didn't want it, anything to do with the tattoo world or artist world at all. I wanted to be a virologist. <laughs> 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 I know, right? Wow. And uh, <laughs> since that was really dropout, random yeah. and weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> so different. <laughs> my interests are weird, of course. You know, like I'm sure the the sh- the show is pretty sh- is pretty long, but it's pretty short on the interest that I got. And uh, <laughs> studying viruses was one of those things. You know, like that I kind of had it for. You know, and so like since I was a high school dropout. I saw the possibility gone because he's my stepdad's parents were going to pay for it. Hmm. So he put me in a bad word with them. And I was like, well, when I asked that question, when I was asked that question, I mean, you know, like, I was like, I don't know, maybe a graphic designer, <laughs> which is why I laughed earlier. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was just like, maybe a tattoo artist. Who the hell knows? And, the counselor, high school counselor, she laughed and she was just like, at the two artists, really? And I was just like, yeah, why not? Who knows? And she quickly got serious and she's like, if you're serious about it, I think I can help you. You know, like my husband gets tattooed by this guy, you know, like, and basically gave me his contact information and told me to oh, wow. get in contact. Yeah. When the fuck has a high school story. counselor actually helped anyone? <laughs> <laughs> In a, in a way like that, you know. Yeah, it was especially hot. that way. That not that what yeah. they're not supposed to do? Or they supposed to? Like, exactly. Exactly. Make you a lawyer was, or something. This was such a weird, weird road. But you know, like I didn't contact that person right away. I contacted them months later. You know, like I had gotten a job, made sure that I saved money, and uh, a storm came through and. When I was working at uh, at this job, it was a true water hardware store. Uh, the owner started like 
doubling the prices of anything that you needed to clear your home, you know, like, and I was like, man, I don't want to be working with someone like that, you know, like for the rest oh, of wow, my life. yeah. I need to figure out what I want to do, you know? And so that's when I contacted that dude, the, the information that was given to me by the, by the counselor. Mm. Um, it went crazy. Um, the person that I came in contact with told me to F off <laughs> because he already had an apprentice and that uh, basically go look somewhere else type of deal. And uh, I did. I looked somewhere else and this shop gave me an opportunity. And when they asked me if I had asked someone, I gave the name of the person that uh, I had come into contact with and they were like, whoa, what did they say? And I was just like, what did they tell me to fuck off? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, dude, do you know who you, do you know who you talk to? And I was like, no. They were like, that's, that's some serious name over here. You know, like he was one of the first persons that got a tattoo shop legally open in, in this street, you know, in Pasadena, Texas. And he was a big deal because, you know, like he was associated in, in some crazy stuff. And um, <clears throat> he was very violent on the time that he was uh, a big star <laughs> type of tattoo. And so he was basically a grandfather of tattooing of that area. And he was just like, and within his right, he told you to F off. You know, <laughs> I was like, holy crap. You know, like I didn't know. But that kind of like paved uh, the world for me on tattooing. Because, you know, like I didn't realize like the style that was prominent, you know, like at the time, you know, like Miami Ink and LA Ink was painting a more approachable picture of the tattoo world than than what it was you know um again you know like this person wasn't very kind <laughs> when i asked them for an apprenticeship you know like yeah. well my second person was you know like they trying to like try to educate me but at the same time they were like oh you know, that's that's some crazy person that you talk to you know like <laughs> this big deal you know and i ended up ta uh, tattooing along this this person you know like his name was fidel casillas and uh Fidel Casillas was a, a, a well-known tattoo artist in Pasadena, Texas. Uh, he was an old-timer. He was a biker. Uh, he was very strong in his beliefs. Mm. And I, if I look back at it, you know, like, I think that he had some esoteric uh, knowledge on certain things because, you know, like, he would be eating a tostada. <laughs> that was his favorite thing to do. And he would be, like, staring at me. He would be, like, a chango. Because that's that's a nickname he gave. He was like, Chango. You sure don't do what you're thinking. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, you know what I'm talking about. You shouldn't do it. You're going to regret it. And then you're going to remember me. And I ended up doing what he told me not to do. And I <laughs> And I never got the chance to tell him in person because he died while I moved oh, up here. Oh. But, you know, he knows. Yeah. He was right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he was right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, it was very interesting. You know, like, he, he told me some crazy stories. And, you know, like, I ended up tattooing him. I was so nervous. 
I was very nervous because I was just like, oh man, you know, he told me one day he's like, hey, Chango, I need you to tattoo my hand. <laughs> and I was like, oh man. I was like, get out of here, dude. You know, like, you don't want no youngster tattooing you. He's like, no, I really like the way you do skulls. So I want a skull on my hand. And I was like, oh man. I was like, okay, I'll do a skull on you. And he's like, but I want a bullet hole in the forehead. And I was like, oh, man, that's going to be my skull if I mess up. You know? <laughs> 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 I was like, yeah, man, I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, like, and so I, I set up for him. I was very nervous at the time. I used to smoke cigarettes. I no longer smoke cigarettes at all. And um, I went and smoked two cigarettes back to back before going to tattoo him. And, uh, and I was just like, hey, man. I started the first line. He's like, I got something to tell you. He's like, oh, yeah? And I was like, yeah, man, you know, like, actually, you know, I've been working with you and I met you in here, you know, but I talked to you three years ago. <laughs> he's like, staring at me, you know, like, he's like really old. He's just like staring at me. He's like, what did I say? And I was like, <laughs> You told me to F off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and he started laughing. He's like, yeah, that sounds like something I would say. And then he looks at me and he's just like, but look at you, Chango. You did good. You didn't let me stop that. And now you're mm. here to do it. You mm. did good. Mm. He's like, but don't you do that thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. I love <laughs> like getting the respect of the person that told you to fuck off and then being like, hey, you remember that? You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what yeah, well that so well that's funny because like the often often that pursuit of wanting to become an artist of any sort, there's you know, people talk a lot about the those that encourage you, but the ones that are just as important are the people that are like, you're never going to do this. You're terrible. <laughs> and then you're like, fuck you. I will. I'll show you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, like, um, I guess that's the mentality that I've had for the most part, whether it is, you know, like art or sorcery, you know, like, or anything that I, that I take on, you know, like it's, it's kind of like a, well, let's see what happens, you know, like, this is something that I, I feel I should go and pursue, you know, like, I feel like in my heart, I feel it in my gut, you know, like, I could talk about it with people and, you know, like, take into consideration what their opinion might be, but at the end of the day, you know, like, this is my life, you know, yeah. like, and I'm going to listen to what my heart is telling me to, to see. You know, like, and see if you have the means for it. And if I don't have the means for it at that time, then set it on the back burner to see if later on in life, maybe I will have the means for it. There's a lot of things that have happened like that. The Thai sorcery stuff, for sure. That was the main thing, you know, like, uh, the first Prangang that I got was before I got into Kimbanda, you know, like, mm -hmm. and when I got initiated in Kimbanda, I gave the Prangang away to somebody that I felt needed it. And I did it with the idea of like, okay, <clears throat> now I had to put my focus on this new road that I've taken. You know, like I just got initiated into it. So I'm going to, I'm going to focus on it. And maybe later on, I'll come back to it. And here we are seven years later, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, about two years ago is when I got back into it. 
And now I'm working with Apichai, you know, like doing things together, you know, like and working on their partially his teachings uh, and trying to understand Thai sorcery and, and uh, necromancy as the way that he teaches us and put it to practice in my own way. I was actually, and this is like a little deep, is there a specific type of meditation that you do? Is it like focusing on the breath or is it something else entirely different? Um, for, you mean like on the daily basis, uh, yeah. daily practice or for tattoos? Yeah. For the daily practice. For the daily practice. So yeah, um, it's something that I've kind of like developed, you know, like it's not, uh fully an instruction by apichai you know like it's mm. i came up with this uh meditation by the teachings that i've acquired over time you know so i would say um just to give you an example <laughs> i'll sit down say uh i'll light the candles that i'm gonna light for my ancestors or spirit guys that are gonna assist me you know um I was saying the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I call upon God, the, you know, the main power that empowers the dead and invite my ancestors by name <clears throat> and those ancestors that are known and unknown that are willing to assist to the, the workings that I'm doing and to assist me in my development of my journey. Uh, then I would invite the ancestors of the type practices, you know, and those who have helped pave, you know, the practices to what I have come to learn to this point. From then on, pay, pay homage to Buddha, uh, say the Buddha prayer, you know, or the Buddha kata three times. Um, <clears throat> and if I have a personal kata of my own, which I do, you know, like, and if not something for the teacher, you know, like in your, or a teacher medallion that you might have, say that kata. Uh, and basically uh, focus on a nine breath meditation. That will begin the meditation point. So clearing and cleansing your mind, uh, focusing on long breaths. Uh, after the nine points uh, or the nine breaths, uh, focusing on energy akashic energy coming from above and coming and embodying you enveloping you and focusing on that beam of light coming into your body from your crown <clears throat> and running through you uh pass you all the way down to the earth and then focusing on the uh, energy coming from the center of the earth up and focusing on like the center channels, whether that be your chakras or things that you might want to activate within your body, the elements, um, finding a balance of your own. And uh, all of this is done through the long breaths, you know, keeping that in mind as if you started, you know, with the, with the nine cleansing breaths, you know, just keeping that rhythm up and going, up and going, up and going. I try to focus that to happen for at least 20 minutes. And that's that's a morning routine. Mm. You know, once the 20 minutes is gone, you know, like um I try to like focus on that energy buildup brought from above and below, similarly to Baphomet, <laughs> mm -hmm. and centering it within my body so that I'm ready for the day. 
so that I am calm, so that I don't blow up on people because I am a hothead. <laughs> um, little things that I've done too, or you know, ideas like, for instance, you have the rooster medallion. You know, like uh, now that you have it as a necklace, you can use it as a working tool. So that beam of light that you're bringing from up, you know, down to you, and you know, down to up from the earth and centering on you. If you're wearing that medallion already, you know, like uh, when you center that those two energies, you might want to focus it into the medallion as well. That way it collects it. So that way you have a, a battery that you can tap into later on, you know, because mm -hmm. it's now infused with new energy. And if you're doing it on the daily, it just collects it and collects it and collects it. Mm -hmm. When you use it as a focus point, that's when it comes into, into you know, work. Mm -hmm. So for the most part, it's just breath work and clearing your channels. Uh, that's the main focus uh, that I do, unless I'm doing like a uh, contact type of meditation, you know, then I'll try to open myself up for the reading. You mm. know, similarly, we'll say a couple of prayers so that that takes, you know, care of any lingering entities or any lingering spirits or anything that could be coming to disrupt my mind. It helps. Uh, bring your mind to center, you know, like if you come up with your own type of prayers, you know, like, and you adhere your katas to it, you know, that way you are putting that into your daily practice. Um, that's a potential way of like also sharing some of that energy with uh, certain spirits, if that's an offering that you're willing to also give the spirits like merit, you know, like mm. you could channel it into being that thought form of gratitude because of the things that you have done and transfer it to the spirit that you need, need to give it to as a thank you. Very cool. That makes sense? Yeah, it does. That's that's awesome. For you. Uh, thank you for sharing all that. Yeah, yeah, that's really great. You're welcome. That's uh, the pulling from above and below is like remarkably similar to how I do it, except I, I do it through the frame of um, Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, Lady of the World and Empress of Hell. So like Mary, but as a as a manifestation of Asherah, sort of like the the Bible's forgotten goddess. Um, and um, and yeah, so so I just kind of picture my I kind of like try and embody her as the world tree, and pull mm. in like it's sort of like the light from the heavens through the branches and through the leaves and then like um reaching down through the roots to the center of the earth and pulling up the water and then um like having the 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 light and the water kind of mixed to make steam <laughs> like that i find that steam visualization works really well for me but it's like very yeah it's very another one of those things that just feels universal with pulling from above and then below and um I was wondering if, uh, like, uh, are there any, are there direct ways that you have found to work with the, with the uh, Ajahn Apichai amulet, or is it more like you're saying, kind of paying, like saying the guitar to sort of activate? Um, oh, for, and, uh, for this one? Yeah. Oh, man. So uh, it's definitely a borrowing contact power you know
know, uh, because I use it as an extension uh, to bless certain things or to help me focus uh, whatever I want to meditate as well. You know, um, it is also a way to add extra boost of energy to items you might enchant. Um, is a way also to commune with already amulets that are existent to the creation of you know apichai's uh collections you know mm -hmm. but also things that you create based off of those you know spirits so like for instance i've i've done like certain things with some of the humpions and uh when i wear apichai's amulet uh the medallion the amulet itself it starts buzzing and I feel it right on, on, on the center of my chest, you know, like this weird buzzing that happens. And uh, when I'll be channeling, uh, there is this extra heat yet coolness that happens as well, mm -hmm. uh, which is very odd. Um, and I mentioned that to Apichai and he, uh, he sent back an emoji like laughing and another one with his hands praying, you know, and saying like, yeah, that's kind of like how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was interesting because, you know, like uh, I paid close attention to the amulet itself and it has like little droplets of mercury that are circling around and uh, it kind of like brings back memories of when I was a kid and I played with Mercury, I almost felt similar to that. So I was like, <laughs> it feels completely magnified, you know? <laughs> I guess it's the feeling of innocence that uh, Master Apichai also resonates because uh, the feeling that I get is very, uh, I don't want to say childlike, but it's very innocent in a childlike manner. Yeah. Um, and it's also electrifying for sure. You know, like it's, it's odd for for this amulet to buzz in that manner. And sometimes when I've done the tattoos that I do, since I uh, we do the offerings to the lineage towards him, you know, like because he's the one who has given me the katas to be able to activate the tattoos that I do. Same thing happens. There's this weird buzzing that starts happening through the amulet. <clears throat> and, you know, like, I don't really focus on feelings like that, you know, like, to make sure that things are happening because I know that, you know, like, by doing the following the steps, you know, like, the magic is happening, you know, like, but it's interesting to see and to feel that every once in a while when it does happen. Um, or through the tattoo, I start feeling that weird headiness too, you know, that it's cooling and you know like by the end of it my head is buzzing in a really weird way but also my tattoo in the back of my neck that I got through uh through him is uh is buzzing and feeling really hot you know like but cool <laughs> at the same time you know <laughs> mm. I've done a couple of tattoos like that you know like and it's 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 funny to feel that feeling especially because I'm the one applying it you know like and saying the enchantment over and over and over and over and over and the person is just sitting there trying to meditate through the, through it. That's very cool. <laughs> very cool. Yeah, I've I've had similar experience. It's a very different thing working with that amulet to working with the remains of uh, a deceased teacher. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's just such a different like having a live current is a different feeling and. Um, 
something I've had to like kind of figure out how to navigate and get used to. But like getting getting dreams where Fernand Salatan is like showing me something that I was doing wrong and laughing at me. Like that feels that I, I know how to deal with that. But like having it be like I'm I get I, I I have gone through this whole phase of feeling like shy and bashful about it. Like saying the katan, it's like I get like starstruck, nervous, like I'm connecting to John Abishar. And am I ready for like <laughs> do I need to like more, you know, focus first or like um so there's this weird sort of yeah. It's it's interesting when you're a magician, right? Because you don't I don't really have normal celebrities. My celebrities are the people that I look up to in my craft. And like so there's yeah, it's a, it's a strange thing to be like, this is a living, like what is what is the right etiquette here? Like, are my like shitty thoughts gonna or like if I have you know disruptive thoughts in the middle of this ritual, like is that gonna be annoying like how <laughs> trying to like, kind of like framing like how does this work you know it happens it happens freaking annoying you know like, <laughs> I mean, like, to hit, like is that gonna like does he have like a line to this hair that's in this hand <laughs> is it gonna be annoying yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> uh i had posted a meme you know, like along the lines of that, of like, I have a problem. Every time I'm praying, I'm thinking of naughty stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jared up, which I definitely laughed at. And it's just like, I feel identified through this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we all deal with similar things for sure, you know? Like, uh, I'm not, I'm not, you know, like a saint at all either, you know? But also, there is the mockery of spirits, you know, like, I had a spirit, you know, be very funny, <laughs> showing me naughty things. When I, I I asked for a sign that we're making a contact, and then so I went through meditation, you know, like, and I was wiggled. <laughs> and I was just like, that's not what I meant, you know, like, <laughs> but I get it, you know, like, that's a sign, you know, like, so there's that humor side, you know, like, and, and it's definitely not an imagination, you know, like, that was something. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely the mockery of spirits. Yeah, I had to set some boundaries with one of my ghost amulets who was like very sexually aggressive when I first got her. <laughs> I'm like, okay, 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 I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, does any of you have any of the Baphomet uh amulets? No. no no i have the kali one which was made at the same time and they're uh, fairly they're, there's some similarities there like the like the triangle is just the the female triangle um mm -hmm. but uh but not the definite one a few of our friends do so uh i had worked with buffum and i had given uh the the blood to it and I want to say maybe shortly after a week a week later give or take <clears throat> I felt ill and um, I ended up with COVID and so like I halted all sorts of practice and uh, I was in bed for a while and I was having some crazy uh, fevers and stuff like that <clears throat> but the, there was only one spirit that I kept engaging because I was just like, you got to get me out of this one, you know? 
you definitely got to get me out of this one. And um, towards the end of the time that I had it, because I had it all 14 days, I want to say on day 10 or day 9, either one of those, my fevers had already stopped. And uh, I was just sleeping. And so my partner had fallen asleep next to me. And she had this dream that we were in the house, in the living room, watching TV. And she heard the uh, r- the basement door rattling, like something is trying to get in. So she went to check it out. And she's like, you're not going to come check it out? And I was like, no, I want to watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> so she went to go check it out. Long story made short, there was a woman down there with no limbs, all bloody, and, you know, like, screaming for help. And she's like, what the hell, you know? So she turns around to try to leave, and then she sees me coming down and run past her, you know, like, (laughs) uh, pushed her out of the way type of deal and to come and and hug this woman that is laying without limbs on the on the floor and so my girl looks at us like what the hell is going on and then looks around and the whole block the whole room is you know in the basement is just bloody and so she turns around to see us again and now this same woman is standing much taller than me and just laughing and cackling and laughing and pointing at her and she's just like i was just messing with you And saying, I'm here for Gary. (laughs) (laughs) And then she was just like, What? Get out of here. Like, started like trying to push her out of the house. And then then she woke up and she just like freaked out. Then she's like looking at me and I'm like sleeping there. And then so I woke up shortly after that and I'm like, What? She's like staring at me. She's like, I had this crazy dream. And she starts (laughs) telling me about it. And as she's telling me, my head starts going, Baphomet, 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 the pride and the Baphomet, the pride and the Baphomet, you know? <laughs> and so I was like, describe this woman, you know? And then she starts describing her, and I was just kind of like, it is definitely the pride of Baphomet. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then she's like, well, why is it showing up to me? And I was just like, it's probably because I fed it, and then I got sick, and then it's wondering why I haven't shown up in my office with another bowl, you know? <laughs> Or giving any attention, you know, that it's just trying to see and it's just, it can't get my attention because I'm so sick, you know, uh, is trying to get my attention by the next thing that is next to me, which is you, you mm. know. <laughs> so here you are freaked out, letting me know. And of course, it's looking for Gary, you know, like, I, <laughs> that's that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting how the spirits are going to try to get your attention one way or another. You know, like even if it's not directly, someone or something, we'll get it and we'll make sure to give it to you. It's like the path of least resistance, like um, like pressure coming up from inside the earth or something. The way that it's like it just finds the 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 easiest way through. And if it's not you, it's like boop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. You say something, Kurt? No. Oh. Uh, this has been amazing, but I feel like I probably should cut it. It's been about three and a half, going on three and a half, or two and a half. Is it two and a half? No. No, over three. It's hours. Six and a half. 
it's been, over, it's been, over it's been a while. Days. It's been three days. It's been quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's June. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, thank scouting. God. Past all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the astrology is at least a little better. Oh, I think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Gary, thank you so much. This has been a delight and such a, a pleasure and an uh a privilege to get to hear all this stuff and uh <laughs> like um yeah i i just uh I'm, I'm excited to talk more and uh chat more maybe on 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 messenger or something but uh i uh yeah i just feel so delighted and i'm sure anyone listening to this is equally happy to hear all this stuff um and get just some more perspective on somebody that has more experience and is working with the jar and happy chai and and i think Jack, <laughs> it's uh it's very, very exciting stuff. And yeah, just so happy to have you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the opportunity and you know, like allowing me to ramble some of my crazy ideas. <laughs> and, and everyone, make sure you check out the show notes and go look at Manticore's Den Conjure on Etsy. His stuff is awesome. Um, it's uh, I'm really excited to pick up like a boatload when I have some cash. Like I'm just gonna get one big box sent with a bunch of shit. Um, but yeah, I'll send you a Magos when I have a chance. Oh, that oh that'd be amazing. I'll 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 yeah, I would I would love that. Same to you, Kurt. Oh, okay. I will definitely. I'll take whatever. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we can meet in Vermont and like. <laughs> Oh, course. I'm down. I'm definitely down going and seeing a couple of spaces, you know, like uh that was an experience. Holy, you know, like I had to take necklaces and everything, you know, like when I was passing through certain spots just because my head was busting like crazy. So like it's, really it's definitely an adventure. These. I'm really curious about these. Oh, well, I I need a car. That's step 1. We got to get to step 1 first. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe i'll make a stop this year you know like i'm definitely it's a new year i didn't get to go anywhere last year because i was so busy and and in my own practices and going through certain certain things that i needed to get through (laughs) and i moved twice (laughs) but i found a spot that i'm definitely very very happy with and so is everybody (laughs) that has come along with um <laughs> and yeah you know like now i had the time and you know like the hopefully the opportunity to go up and visit vermont again yeah i, I mean i'd love to connecticut's one of those weird states where like i i've it's just it's just a highway that you go through and like i don't know anything about it beyond like... <laughs> yeah 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 for sure sorry did you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> I guess Connecticut wants you to explore, Kurt. <laughs> there you, you go. Say about me? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's too used to getting shit on, so it got it got upset. <laughs> but yeah, thank you again, guys, and I'm definitely happy to come along with the show again. Awesome! Oh, yeah, for sure. We would love to have you back too. <laughs> All right.